Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This one's for you tonight. Okay, let's get started. giving church today is like Which latin one, prayer <laughs> yeah it was like oh i almost tried to speak latin i was it wasn't gonna happen <laughs> do you know <laughs> like in latin? sound of music yeah of course you know? yeah i think i feel like we've done another sound of music when they're too. like sanctimonium da da. Yes, totally <laughs> um when they're when they're about to they're doing that and then they start to and maria's a little late for church <laughs> they go off on her uh, it, well Remember, one of them likes her. A lot of them like her. One of them calls her a clown. Yeah, I didn't like that. A willow the wisp, a clown. Yeah, she's a, she's a something. She's a saint. She's a something. She's a lamb. Right? Yeah. She'd outpester any pest, drive a hornet from its nest. She'd unwhirl a whirling dervish out of whirl. So they're they're she's just they're just saying she's endearing to them. Only one is yeah. kind of a stinker that doesn't like Maria's. Yeah, presence. they like narc her out for being late for like having fun in a meadow. Who couldn't like her? Right, I guess she's, someone a stick in the mud. Totally, she's jealous because Maria lives by uh, the tenets of God and lives in the moment and yes. loves nature. Yes. And this other chick is just all about the rules. Like the schedule and like time and, and Maria's more like time is a human construct. Totally. I'd rather be frolicking in the grass. Yeah. Who do you think is the Marie, the housewives Marie? Who's the mm. Maria of the housewives franchise? Who question. is a whirling dervish, <laughs> a meadow in the lands? Hmm. Who's, who is not bound by the constructs of humanity and just has you know what what kim richards yeah she remember when she i love turtles 
She loves turtles. Remember when she bowed down to pray by that garbage can <laughs> right when they got on that trip? Yeah. That's something Maria would do. <laughs> totally. And you know why I said Kim Richards? Because <laughs> I got very She's lucky. She's in your line of sight. <laughs> yeah. But no, but she does have an innocent spirit. Totally. I mean, I'm sure we could. I mean, of- probably in modern day retelling, um, Maria from Sound of Music would have a drug problem. She's yes. too sensitive. Yeah, and I also didn't want to <laughs> negate Kim's Maria-ness by saying something, you know, because she did, you know, I don't equate, like, I didn't want to bring her drug, you know, like, what do you call that, drug addiction into yeah. it, because that could have just happened to Maria, possibly. Right. So, anyway, but yeah, let's go with Kim. Okay. Um. Yeah, well, I we she is in Riley's um, line of sight right now because a beautiful turtle cutie named Christina, who has a brand called Hello Harlot, um, sent us all these amazing Bravo uh, greeting cards and coloring books that we're completely obsessed with. We're going to definitely post them on Instagram. But there's one, I'll show the YouTubers, but there's one with Kim in the limo that says, You stole my goddamn heart. Yeah, uh, a, a little tweak on You Stole My Goddamn <laughs> House. And also something that you could imagine Maria from Sound of Music saying. <laughs> totally. Um, there's. Did you know this card cost 25000 The Dana Wilkie? Yes. There's a, this card will never emotionally fulfill you, Alison Dubois. Yeah, amazing. And they all look beautiful. All these cards are fun. And then the coloring books. Oh my gosh, I was yeah. kind of stunned. There's a Scandaval <laughs> edition coloring book um, where all of the beautiful things you can color are related to Scandaval. And then there yeah. is there is the Best of Housewives edition, which I thought was very fun. Yeah, anyway, this was a Chris- classic pump rules. Yes. It's really fun. So, I mean, this is not Spawn. Um, we're just yeah. showing our appreciation, but I really feel like it's a great gift for the Bravo lover in your life. Yeah. So, Christina, thank you so much. And yeah, um, anyone who sends us anything, we'll talk about it forever. And it's so <laughs> yeah, send beautiful. us gifts. Yeah. This is, yeah. They, these are so fun. Watch on YouTube and see these things. But the Scandaval Edition Pump Rules Coloring Book is iconic. It's all so great. Thank you, Christina. Yeah. There's a haunting uh, drawing of Sandoval dressed as Raquel in the Tom Tom hoodie. And Completely cursed. It's insane. Um, so yes, thank you for that. And uh, we love our cuties. Um, speaking of Scandaval, it. The Bethany interviews, the gift that keeps on giving. Yes. Um, Stassi covered her yes. thoughts on the Bethany Rachel interview yes. on her podcast. In depth. Yeah. It was like 30 minutes dedicated to it. Yeah. What did you think? So overall, I I didn't think Stassi would comment on it. I, I don't know. I thought she would maybe be taking a break from Vanderpump yeah. Rules related content. I was so glad she talked about it because um, her you know, insight into this whole thing is very valuable. And for me, I guess the biggest takeaway was the, that for the most part, she believed Rachel, like she believed Mm -hmm. the things she was saying, apart from the stuff that she thought that Rachel was like misled about, like the Sandoval producer credit. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like that's right. She kind of like said everything that we said, we kind of agreed where it was like, I believe that she thinks she's telling the truth. That doesn't mean that it's actually true, but based on the information Raquel is working with, she thought she was being honest. Yes. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. It was good to have a more nuanced view of this thing because overwhelmingly, I'd say 90% of the people who listen to the Bethany interview just absolutely hate it with every fiber of their being (laughs) and want to, you know, you know, want to 
hate Bethany, hate Rachel, and like we didn't really do that. I mean, it's like we you can tell you can parse out what's a lie, you can parse out what's the truth, and just take away something. But for the most part, I thought it was valuable to have that you know conversation right out there. For- I mean, yeah, I will say I kind of agreed with what they were saying of like. Um, they don't blame Bethany for taking the interview. Like, why not do that? But it is uh, perhaps hypocritical if she didn't pay Raquel because she's kind of just engaging yes. in the same exact thing. Um, I don't think that Bethany should get too much credit in that essentially anyone that would have taken on that interview and just let Rachel talk yes. would have gotten that. Actually, they, they're... It could have been way better if <laughs> someone who, yes, us, yeah. we would have known every nook and cranny of the storyline, what happened. We could ask the right questions. Bethany did not watch the show ever. And yes. that's something that pissed off Stassi where she was like, she called it lazy yes. and, um, you know, she was uninformed and they pointed out all these things that it was, it was true. I'm glad that she mentioned this. She was like, it felt like she Bethany was trying to take down Ariana yeah. specifically, yes. which was weird. Yeah, because she didn't she because she didn't know the show and her only context for who Ariana is was from the three part reunion, <laughs> which is obvious. That's not representative of Ariana at all. Yeah. Like it's the ang- the angriest she'll ever be in, in her, her life. entire like hundred years on earth. Yes. Yes, <laughs> totally. So Bethany, yeah, was was like, oh, I can't believe she still lives in the same house as, you know, her ex. Does that right. make you think about her differently and the words that she said about Rachel? So, yeah, that was um, Bethany. Bethany didn't do a good job as an interviewer by not right. at least binging some essential episodes of Vanderpump right. Rules. Like she could have. Yeah, she must have a producer that could have helped with some of that. Yeah. Um, and then Taylor, I can never remember Strecker? her name. Strecker. Uh Saucy's is that her co-host or she's just on sometimes I think she's I mean every time I've listened to the podcast <laughs> she's on it so I think co-host. she mentioned another thing that Bethany brought up where Bethany was using below deck uh, down under as an example of toxic um, reality TV and that um, I got all fired up even though I didn't listen to that part um, Taylor was saying that Bethany was like and then you know, the bosun climbed in bed and the cameras were just rolling and the captain had to fire that person and whatever. And I was glad she brought this up because I was like, I would be so yeah. screaming at my phone if I was listening to a podcast and Bethany was saying that where you'd be like, the camera people and the producers are that's, the one that saved her. That's the one notable, th- like it happens immediately in <laughs> the clip. That's so the whole point. Who, who relayed that information to <laughs> Bethany and just didn't say that part it happens yeah like the captain fired that guy like 24 hours later yeah, it, it, it happens within the same scene the production <laughs> is getting involved they're the ones who stop it so, so, so how did bethany get that wrong she just like wanted it for her yes. example that yes. the crew and that andy and everyone should be protecting these yes. people and she didn't care that that's in fact what did happen yes. she was like no it's just a good like jumping off point which then got me fired up about the entire thing again because yeah. I was like, she just says whatever she wants. Yes. And I'm like, I know we named her number one housewife and I still watch her TikToks and her tirades against TJ Maxx and all of this. I understand I'm part of the problem, but it just it makes me so mad that she feels so yes. emboldened to say whatever she wants yes. without the information when we all publicly as just... Yeah. I mean, I'll call us experts, but the layman has the information. It yes. was public knowledge. Yeah. And and I think Stassi said this, like, you know, 
a big criticism of Bethany is that she thinks she is the authority on every single subject in the world. She knows it all. She knows it all, which is just, in this instance, <laughs> every Vanderpump Rules watcher got to see her fail at this right. interview. So, yeah, that was a bummer. And I guess Rachel probably could have had illuminating answers in any environment. And if anything, Beth, Bethany might have been a detriment to that story getting told. Right. So I, I, I like what we heard from Rachel, but... Yeah, Bethany was just not the best place. I mean, the best place would have been Turtle Time, <laughs> Stassi's podcast. Yeah, oh, um, man, that would be interesting. Yeah, that's what my wife Megan said. She said that Stassi would have been such a good person for that because Stassi knows everything. Totally, would, that would have that would have gotten right. ten times more viral. I feel like than yeah. Bethany's. Yeah, and since Stassi's not like super close with Ariana, never really was. She, it's not like it happened to her true best friend or something where she couldn't be. Yeah. She could be a little more chill about I, it. I think so too. So to so for Stassi's like insight on the whole thing, I, I felt like her reaction to Rachel saying that she brought up on camera uh, in the scene with Tom Sandoval, the consent yeah. issue, which I fully believe. I believed it the first second Rachel yes. said it. She brought up, why did you record me on my FaceTime without my consent to Sandoval? Sandoval said, because I wanted you to see in the future how beautiful you looked while you were masturbating in this hotel room watching porno. Nasty. And then when the cameras went down, he said, why did you say that? I'm going to look so bad. Yeah. And then he refused to film until they took that out because yeah. it's potentially illegal. Yeah. Also. So Stassi said, I believe that 100%, mm -hmm. which I do too. And she said that happened multiple times. Throughout Vanderpump Rules history, where scenes were edited out that Stassi knew, and she would refuse to film with people because of the horrific things she knew that never appeared on camera, yeah. and she would just look like she was she was not a part of certain storylines, or she yeah. wasn't getting enough airtime, because she would refuse to film based on things that we do not know as an right. audience. And that was shocking, because it's yeah. like, that's why Sandoval's fall from grace, for me, came so out of nowhere right. i've been watching this hero edit of this guy yeah. where the worst thing he ever does is he tries to get attention and will jump <laughs> on poles and spin around i'm like okay that was kind of lame or when he was dancing with lance bass at the wedding i'm just yeah. like okay he's a little bit cringe sometimes <laughs> but because they've removed essential pieces from their story throughout the years that's why sandoval's fall from grace looks looks so horrendous yeah looks so out of out of character right yeah she does claim that the men always i think kristen I think said this too. They've claimed that the men have gotten historically better edits yes. and have had more pull getting stuff removed yes. or whatever. Um, which I get because it's obviously easier for them over the course of, you know, the past 10 years to spin a narrative that Katie's a nag and like Schwartz is charming and yes. whatever. Do I think that there's still truth to these, uh, outlines that they've made to a certain extent? Uh, I choose to still follow them because <laughs> it's easier. What, wait, what outlines? Like, just like that. I just don't want to have to overhaul my entire um, adoration of Schwartz or my dislike of Katie. I don't want to have to like dig down deep and be like, do I hate her because of misogyny? Like, I just don't want to go there. I just want to enjoy myself. But <laughs> I feel like Katie is the perfect example of why you show everything and include their entire story. Because Katie was completely vilified for five seasons. She was like 
the person that almost everyone would have ranked her the, their least favorite yeah. cast member on Vanderpump Rules. And then now away from Schwartz, when she when we saw Schwartz, how he berated her when he was drunk and how he said he was withholding sex because she disgusted <laughs> him and we saw that. And then finally out from under his reign, she's, you know, thriving and I thought had the best season. Like she, if, if Scandal hadn't happened, that would have been Katie's season, season mm-hmm. 10. Like I, 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 so anyway, seeing the worst of Katie and then still having her redeemed in my sure. mind it, it is, I don't know, I think is more essential and illuminating than having stuff withheld unless, I guess, unless it's like illegal and they would have to be fired. <laughs> right. And in the show, they're like, we, we can't have Sandoval fired. Like yeah. it's essential. I don't I just think, I think that Katie came from such a low place that her like redemption and quote thriving and killing it is still at like a 6.5 for me yeah i understand i i <laughs> like I, i'm just like all right okay i was i understand <laughs> and, and I, I think people might not have seen the the you know redemption that i see in katie but i i really i felt like i I've... i just like am not that slayed that she wears black I, okay, I, I'm I, just being brutal today. I'm just being honest. I just, I think everyone thinks that her haircut is um, going to change the whole world. And I'm like, all right, like what's be- next? This was before that though. I'm talking season <laughs> 10. I'm talking Satchel. I'm talking, uh, uh, I'm talking Fury and Sir Allie when she was totally ripping into Schwartz. Like it, it was like we finally <laughs> saw what the horrors that Schwartz was perpetuating on their totally. relationship and got to see her in a new light and, and um, what's that call when like she looked like a nagging like wife totally. to him for so long, and we're like, Schwartz is amazing. Why can't this? Why can't Katie just get on the goddamn same page as this guy? And then we see how awful he right. is. Well, now that we're watching season two, I'm more like, I'm not like, why can't she get on the same page as him? I'm like, why doesn't she dump him? Yes. and stop trying to rebuild the wheel like he's an idiot because she loves him and because he says you're my stars and my moon bubba and i would die for you you're the love of my life i mean right i mean we're just watching people make long-term mistakes in real time and that's life baby so you i wanted to just with you speculate on like some things that i think have been taken out yeah uh so clearly i felt like she was referencing the jack's uh, in season three, towards the end of season three, when uh, Stassi is almost refusing to film and be in the same room with Jax. Mm-hmm. Remember when Lisa is like, stand stand strong. You don't need to leave just because Jax is, uh, you know, coming to Sir and you're going to be like in the same room with him. They made Stassi look like she was in a new relationship and that Patrick was so... Um, what's that called controlling yeah like that he wouldn't even let her be in the same room as her ex-boyfriend but i think there was definitely way worse stuff going on that that jacks perpetuated that was not on camera mm-hmm. to make stassi not want to film with him yeah and then i think the same is for james kennedy uh-huh. I mean, if you if you rewatch vanderpump rules i don't think stassi ever even has one scene solo with james yeah. he i mean He's like, they're like mortal enemies the entire time. She never found him endearing. Yeah. And I think that there are things that she found out about James Kennedy. Which Probably were, from Kristen. Yes. Which are starting right. to like bubble to the surface now. Yeah. Of why Stasi Stasi is saying that we are missing context totally. for these people. Yeah. I think there's way more juice about her lost season, the dark ages. Yes. Um, she said on here, because they were talking about the... Um, 
pay scale and how um, Raquel wanted to make as much as Ariana and Sandoval. And um, she was saying that would be very unlikely, if not impossible, because you get paid for how long you've been on the show. So Sandoval is always going to make the most because he's been on since day one. Um, And Stassi revealed something I thought was very interesting that I never thought about before, but her pay scale got like set back when she left and came back. So she lost her tenure yeah uh and she said that she never had the energy to fight for that which i feel like she could have gotten it but i mean i don't know the dynamics but um she was like it just felt petty to me to ask for you know my full however many years at that point um so she like got set back and never made as much as everyone else after that they 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 try to keep pay scales so strict Mm-hmm. So that it does it doesn't allow people to do any maneuvering like Raquel right. is trying to do. They want to have yeah, that would clear... be a really slippery slope. Yes, they want to have a very clear structure. This is exactly what you make if you are a lead for this many seasons, and it multiplies like this, and this is your bonus or whatever. So that exactly like what Raquel is trying to do, it just can't happen because right. it would cause a revolt around around the cast. Imagine if Sheena found out, you know, <laughs> she's making less than Raquel. Right, it just doesn't make any sense. Or yeah, like. Again, that ruins Bethany's argument yes. that uh, bad behavior is rewarded because her whole thing was that, you know, the more yeah. shit you get up to, the more you'll get paid, whatever. And Raquel has proven that uh, that's not true because they wouldn't give her more even though she made the entire season, you know, right. even though that was in retrospect. But um, yeah, because yeah, then there would be every new person that you know every new hostess at sir would just be like committing murder to get totally <laughs> the like yeah. star placement or, or just like yeah try, trying to create their own cheating scandal you know if they could with yeah. any of the other cast members as much as they could so yeah stassi did agree though that um they could give raquel a little bonus a little extra percentage hike just because um she's been blacklisted basically yeah. from any other sources of income yeah uh so if they are gonna have her back on which they're not um maybe they could incentivize it a little since she has no deals elsewhere <laughs> yeah i'm sure there is some loophole or way they could give her a bonus and say it is for something you know like mm-hmm. some uh, yeah, like a performance bonus, but still adhere to whatever she'd make as a lead on another season. Right. Um, so her her demands are will never happen, like or will never be accepted. Those yeah. Two demands. It's just so I guess she's walking away. I wanted to ask you. I've sort of come around on the idea of of Rachel being on on season eleven. Like based on the her you know the Bethany interview, she's yeah. not as I, I actually thought she could probably hang if she wanted to. I don't know how. how do She's you, not you know? as Bambi eyed anymore. Yeah, yeah. I, I felt <laughs> like there's there's some merit, you know, to her potentially going back on on season eleven. I don't know. How do you feel? Do you still feel like she would just get completely well <laughs> annihilated? I was thinking about this because Stassi was saying that she thinks that she should have gone back yes. um, because, yeah, without her there, I don't know. It's kind of the context is different and Mm -hmm. like she was saying now everyone just has to hang out with sandoval all the time and it's almost like a return to normalcy so it's kind of like if raquel was still in the mix there would the elephant would remain in the room 
Um, but I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. Do you think they would like completely throw her into the mix or do you think it would just be like one-on-ones? Well, I thought, I mean, the bridge, because when we were speculating about this, like way back in the day, it was like Sandoval and her would have scenes together. I mean, I had no idea how much Sandoval would actually end up being a a part of season 11. I mean, it's crazy. I would have never predicted that he would be in every single scene and done everything with all of them. It's kind of amazing. So Raquel could have had that. I mean, I'm sure there would have been, if if Sandoval's in 90% of scenes, I bet Raquel could have managed a way to be in 50 or 60 percent yeah of scenes and i do think that unfortunately i don't i don't know if this is a good thing or not but for raquel to have any sort of redemption in the public's eyes i feel like it has to take place in the environment that this all stemmed from like the only way she could have a redemption is if she I think like we've said this one back the cast, even in a small way. And we yeah. would see growth through their eyes as right. well. Cause I don't think on her own as a independent public figure with no attachment to the cast, she's ever, she can ever come back. Yeah. And, and at least she would have had a chance. Right. I feel like, um, girl code could have saved her yes. if she could have played up this, you know, first of all, he, you know, recorded me without my consent. Yes. He sort of like groomed me over time. I was vulnerable, um, blah, 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 like take accountability, but basically blame it all on Sandoval and make, you know, um, in the most galaxy brain, uh, accepting, loving, version would be ariana saying he did all that same stuff to me 10 years ago um so i know exactly what you're talking about and it's gonna keep happening forever so i forgive you specifically um she won't but um sandoval is the devil here you know and it could happen and that would have been a great way to do it um for sure and i think that she would have had some sympathy from lala and i think sheena she she, yep the other woman crew Yes, Sheena would have had to see some parallels in this story, you know, once she's a little far more removed from, you know, the actual Maybe they could all three start a podcast called The Other Women. Lala, Sheena. And Raquel. Rachel. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) I call her, I keep just switching to whatever she calls herself. And so, yeah, yeah, that'd be, I I don't, yeah, that could possibly happen. I mean, it would, would would it be, it'd be be better than the podcast i think that she is going to do on her own i like when uh stassi was like yes she her voice literally shakes just in a normal conversation how is she gonna have an audio podcast yeah that was great <laughs> that was awesome um, she was like good luck to her yeah so anything else from that, that stassi interview i mean um, i just liked you know, it was her good uh i don't really understand what her podcast is generally because i've only listened to it around these specific topics because she was like it's pop culture hour does she not always talk about pop culture no so sometimes she has a guest like Bo, or sometimes Mm -hmm. she has someone i think who's like promoting a book or conversation with like uh you know someone a specific uh, thing she wants to delve into subject based okay and then i think pop culture hour i mean i if I'm wrong, that, that sucks because I've only also listened to like five of these. <laughs> no, it seemed like that was specific. Like a, yeah. yeah. That's when she just gets, does the roundup of like the biggest stories. And so got that's it. why we got to hear some Vanderpump stuff. Um, yeah, that's more interesting to me personally. Yeah, um, for sure. But no, that was interesting. You know what you should do one day as a TikTok? I don't want to do the work, so you should do it. Sure. Um, you should get a whiteboard or a yarn wall and you should play producer of what a season with Raquel 
would look like. Oh, that'd be so great. Like an exercise of saying, okay, so it opens up. We want to establish X, Y, and Z. Um, you know, something about hers doing this. Well, should Schwartz I and should do it doing now this. if she came in now or if, or should it be all hypothetical? Like, like she's always been involved in the season. Cause mm. I feel like it'd be more worthwhile to, to strategically try to plot it out now. Okay. If, like if, inserting her after what we've already seen. Yes. Yes. Okay. Like, like post like, Tahoe. Yes. Like Schwartz just dyed his hair blonde and then in the next scene he's blonde and then uh, Rachel is showing up to an event or whatever like I think okay yeah plot out her entrance yes and but figure out how you want to do it like is there a party that she shows up at or is it like she gets dinner with Sheena like low-key you know what I mean Schwartz has an I'm blonde now party (laughs) a, a blonde party at uh Schwartz and Sandy's where everyone wears blonde wigs and they okay. and they they show their blonde identities. Does Lisa come? Lisa comes and wears a blonde wig for <laughs> sure. And then because Schwartz is the only one potentially as I'm thinking about it now that could reasonably extend an invite to Rachel. Uh-huh. I mean that's happened all throughout oh, the yeah. past. He's always been sympathetic to the underdog. He could do this. So, that's the first uh, that's the first party that she could, you know, accept an invite to. She shows up in a blonde wig. <laughs> she says, oh, she says, I don't know if you heard, but I'm Rachel now. And she's got the blonde wig that is also like a switch of identity. So it's yeah. a perfect place to, uh, what's that? To launch this, the Rachel persona. Cause yeah. she's wearing a blonde wig. Now everyone's wearing blonde wigs. Maybe she comes in when everybody's a little drunk. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like, call time is separate. Uh, I assume Ariana wouldn't want to go there, or you think she would? Ariana would have already probably passed on this invite, okay. but Sheena's going, Lala's going. They all want that bonus that encourages uh, all the events that you go to or whatever. Yeah. Then once Rachel asks to talk to, I, I honestly think even James would let Rachel have a heart to heart with him. Yeah. I don't I don't feel like at the end of everything he was just like, I'm never speaking to this person again. Yeah. I, I feel like, like he felt kind of bad for her. I think he did too. There was that one scene in season ten was kinda of underrated when Lala was like really still ragging on uh Rachel. Yeah. And and James was like, Okay, I think she's had enough now. Like, yeah. I think we can kind of take it easy, which I thought was very sweet. Of that him. was when she, for the first time, was like, I think uh, he has a little crush. Like, Sandoval yeah. has a little crush. Yeah. It was like the first time someone said it out loud. Yes. But it wasn't confirmed. Right. Which, yeah. I mean, she was right. <laughs> I know. But, but still, I, I like that James was still sympathetic, even to his ex girlfriend who's doing all this, you know, stuff around him and trying yeah. to get his attention or whatever. I thought that was nice. So, well, I think. I, I think we should talk about how, like, how Rachel could come back. I mean, we just said, like, a scene where she could, but if she's listening, which <laughs> I know there's this, maybe let's isolate this clip if it ends up being good. Okay. How Rachel could come back. First of all, Rachel, I'm so sorry, but you have to remove those demands. What are those called? Those those hard demands? Like, yeah. she has to... She has to say, no, I'm sorry. I understand. I can't get what Tom and Ariana are making. And unfortunately, they can't admit culpability in the mental health facility payments. (laughs) But the way 
you pay that back is by appearing on this season and potentially the next season. Like you right. need. It's her only chance at salvation. And if it doesn't work, then she's just where she is now. Yeah. And maybe this season, I mean, if she made 361 last year and she gets a 10% bonus or whatever for appearing another season, she could pay back. But I just think those demands are egregious and they'll mm-hmm. never accept them. So if she can drop those, what then what else does she need? I mean, those were the two things. And it seemed like she was like ready to film. Do you think that um, friend of is just like not even worth your while? Like, is it like a thousand dollars? I yeah, I bet friend <laughs> ofs get paid like the minimum, the day, the minimum. Like yeah, a sa- it's not SAG, but it's like the scale minimum for the day, like nine hundred bucks. Yeah. a day. Yeah, um, so I was gonna say that could be like a nice time restraints or um, demand wise it would be nice for her to not have to be as involved but it's like not worth it if you're you know yeah but who i mean how how could she come in as a friend of who would <laughs> be the friend? person who says yeah uh this is my friend i'm introducing i mean i think it's she gonna would be like ha- friend of lisa <laughs> friend of yeah lisa's friend i mean i think i think there Sandoval. is yeah, there is a way that, that she could have come back. I just think, you know, she is not strategic. I think we can all no. agree she's not strategic. But if she got rid of those demands, I, I she kind of seems like she doesn't want to associate with Sandoval at all. And obviously that would have been the logical person to bring her back in. So yeah. I do think what you said is that if she wanted to reach out in a genuine way to Lala first, I mean... Who are the people that have had to like come back into the fold and like really had to like Kristen had to do this mm-hmm. when Kristen was like, you know, everyone hated Kristen after season yeah. two and she just had to like organically become friends again. Like there is a precedent. Totally. For this. Stassi had to do this too. Yeah. James. James totally had to do this. So I, I, I think Raquel needs to look at those blueprints. She needs to reach out <laughs> to someone who is potentially sympathetic to her. I mean, we heard at Stassi's show that, that Katie would not refuse to film with Rachel. Yeah. If Rachel wanted to like call up Katie. I don't know why she... Well, yeah. She could have called up Katie and just said, the, the Schwartz thing that I did was was the was the um, reaction or, or whatever. It was like, I was in a horrible state, as you can tell yeah. from watching those scenes. I was drunk all the time. I was, in, I was in love with Sandoval, or I thought I was. And so all of this Schwartz stuff was such bullshit and I wasn't compassionate to you at all because I barely actually cared about that shit that was going yeah. on. I, I, I miss, I thought that that was a storyline and I was like perpetuating being a villain of a storyline when I should have been compassionate to you. Katie might be receptive to that possibly. Right. I mean, do we, how loyal do we think Katie is to Ariana? Like that would be a, an interesting test. Well, one thing that I think we've never talked about, and it's like sort of dicey, but I think we should, is that I think just human nature, I do think there has to be a little bit of inherent jealousy among the cast members at sort of the... I mean, am I, am I speaking out of school, or do you think that this... No, I want to hear what you have to say. Well, I think that... At Ariana's glory... Yeah, I mean, well, okay, they all are in glory. They all were basked with glory. She yeah. is in glory. She's bathed in glory. Lala is bathed in send it to Daryl, send it to Daryl cash oh, yeah. and glory. But no one has benefited more and become the face of the a, a pop culture, like, historical moment than Ariana, you know? Yeah. So maybe there could potentially be a little bit of jealousy towards how much Ariana's profited off that. We'll see in season 11. And I also, though, like, 
I think that would be natural and normal, even if you wouldn't ever say it, to just feel a little jealous. But that might not be the case at all. I could also imagine a world where Lala is yeah. loving life and proud I feel of Ariana. Like I bet... I don't think Lala is jealous because she's made, she's good at this. So she has made a lot of money. Yeah. She's profited. She acts fast. She's, if there's one thing I'll give her props for, she's good at being online. Yeah. uh, Putting stuff up for sale quickly. Oh yeah. Her quips, her personality, her podcast, like she's got her bag. Yeah. So I'm not, I don't think she would care as much if anything. I feel like it seems like in a way Lala's more, happy to be in in the background yes. a little bit like yes. she's like i'd actually would love for my personal drama to not be on the show yes. and she almost kind of feels like a friend of yes like she's a supporting role because her divorce and uh settle or like um custody she can't talk about so 80 percent of what her day-to-day life is she can't even talk about yeah lala has always felt to me removed from the cast almost yeah like the the like James has become integral to the cast and feels like an organic friend, but Lala has always felt just a little bit removed from yeah, everything. And I think she does that on purpose. Yeah. Um, so I feel like she is actually happy to be not second fiddle, but like background, but she's still making probably as much or not as much as Ariana. Cause she's making millions, but like Katie, again, I'm not here to shit on Katie. I'm just saying Katie could never like, she's not, they made those something about her sweatshirts, but that was a joint effort um, based off of Ariana's glory. I'm just saying like Katie as a scorned woman is not profiting. She's not putting it all together. Uh, yes. Okay. I'll, I don't think. I'll agree. Yeah. I'll Whereas like that. Sheena also is in her bag. She oh, has yeah. so many irons in the fire at all times. She's like the profit queen. She's doing ads on our podcast she has her own podcast she's got merch she's got singles she's got like she's busy yes okay whereas and i'm not again it's a kind of um it's funny that uh that clip is going around of courtney kardashian saying she doesn't know who katie maloney is because actually um katie has courtney kardashian vibes she's the least um motivated kardashian wow in my opinion okay which is fine maybe you don't want to do that not everyone has to be wheeling and dealing. I'm just saying if we're talking about... So I could see her the way Courtney resents Kim yeah. for being a profiteer. Maybe Katie does get a little irked, except that she's in business with her. So that's great. Right. So she gets a little like Ariana runoff. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I, I and like I said, like I felt like season 10 would have been Katie's redemption season. And she was sort of the star of it until Scandal happened and just completely overshadowed the breakdown of... Uh, Tom and Katie's marriage. So right. maybe there, I don't know. I mean, yeah. Remember when they, in the secrets revealed or whatever, they showed that clip of Katie and Schwartz in their house in yes. different bedrooms. It was actually so sad and yeah. it literally made me cry. And I was like, that sucks that they cut this because it was a huge, um, it gave so much, you know, honesty to yes. their situation. Yeah. It was like, what? Well, you guys didn't want to include this. He goes in the room and he goes, I was going to order sushi. Do you want any? <laughs> and then he just starts breaking down crying and she's still like this together. is why i need to move <laughs> yeah i mean their their whole arc that whole thing just got like, squashed yeah. squashed from from scandal which yeah you know. and then him crying when they found the tea towel unpacking yeah. Yeah. jeremy's apartment yes yeah that a lot of that got got sidelined that whole right. story for katie but which um, to me 
<laughs> I'm just being a bitch today, but I feel like the producers are like, if we're going to cut anything, it's going to be that like cut clip clip. Yeah. yeah. And, and, but they didn't know Scandaval had happened and they didn't change any of the editing right until the final episode. That's so what they, they say. So they say, right. Cause then what are you making room for? What did you think? What was happening that you were having to, you know, cut scenes about like, a, you know, a major divorce that was happening yeah. this season. What, what were they making room for? I don't right. Even... I mean, I will say like, whatever misogyny aside, can we live in that world for a minute? Uh, if you are building out a future of a show that bad behavior needs to continue, where we do not want to watch a unapologetically feminine sandwich shop running successfully with no drama, uh-huh. You're going to put your coins down on the man child who's going to make bad decisions forever and who will date his roommate question mark who has been called a creep and a psycho who is going to probably hook up with girls at the restaurant all the time who's going to dye his hair blonde randomly who's going to probably stay connected to his business partner who's a pariah who who is going to go on stars on Mars like he is going to generate more moving forward because he hasn't changed at all. Right. Whereas, you know, we'll see what this Valley spinoff is or whatever, how they try and film something about her or whatever. I just feel like um, being grown or, I mean, I know that Katie tried to do, I know you love Satchel, but she tried to do her, uh, hot and sexy single era and for me i wasn't interested (laughs) what what are you talking about when she wet the bed or whatever she said about no 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 i think no that was lala and the dawn no katie tried to take a tip from her book she said i had to wash my sheets remember katie said that lala's birthday that rachel crashed Wait, so they were both destroying rooms <laughs> i think katie was like i need to write that down we're talking about squirting <laughs> <laughs> you're telling me that Remember, katie- she was like she was like she said something to the degree of like sorry i was late i had to change the sheets and everyone's just like oh <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like did you shit the bed like what is happening <laughs> I, I didn't remember i guess i just blocked that one out completely i just remember lala it was saying a little bit of an aside but i remember lala was like love that for you yeah. and satchel just sat there like yes, like she did <laughs> um okay well it, yeah i mean in response to that there is a world where we get to see both we get to see blonde hair schwartz we get to see him <laughs> living with joe and potentially <laughs> you know i don't know dating her and or you know doing whatever and then we also get a nice little peek at a you know a sandwich shop but yeah. you're saying that are you saying that overall producers are probably going to spotlight next <laughs> season on this, on that avenue, the the Schwartz and Sandoval, like the antics versus? I mean, maybe they'll, maybe they will put all their eggs in the sandwich basket. I just hope they don't. Although, you know what could be great? What? They offer Rachel a sandwich artist role. How, woman now, to woman. How would but but why would Ariana <laughs> want that right now? Maybe she's just like, you know what? I see what he did to you. I know you can't get a job anywhere. So here's an apron and a visor 
and you need to learn how to make the yeah. green goddess vegan sandwich. And they put her in that that <laughs> fuck me in this t-shirt t-shirt. Yeah. So she's like a part of that now. Like they're kind of doing it passive aggressively. Like ugh, I was going to do a sex in the city reference. Um You can. Remember um so Carrie cheats on um Aiden with Big. Carrie cheats on Aiden with Big. Yeah, I don't remember that, but you can just but go ahead. <laughs> okay. So then um she admits it he finds out they break up it's really bad and then like a season later they get back together um he takes her back um but he's being an asshole to her like he there's the scene when she he puts on a nicotine patch for her because he demands that she quit smoking and when he puts it on he slaps it on her back (gasps) and you're like ah and then she has a whole breakdown about how he needs to forgive her. I could see something where Ariana says that she's forgiving and giving uh, Rachel a chance, but keeps being really mean yeah. underneath. Well, I mean, yes. So <laughs> I, I think, I guess, you know, we're talking about this this Rachel arc that could have happened. That still can happen. If she listens to this right now, we're giving you, like, this is stuff to listen to. I think if Rachel told Ariana... That every single thing she heard from Tom Sandoval is what she used in her decision to make love to him for seven, seven months. months. <laughs> that you got, that he said, you're a brand. He said that you never try. <laughs> he said that, that you are in a sexless relationship and roommates yeah. or whatever. And like, that's all she had. I, and then I know that Ariana would say, well, what the hell? I was telling you what was going on, you know, whatever. Right. But she has, she has the, the, a little bit of plausible deniability that she got all of her information from Sandoval. Yeah. I think definitely, like you said, painting him as just the ultimate villain because Sandoval is going to squeak out some redemption no matter how hard he tries. If he has to be here until season 15, he is going to get... (laughs) Vanderpump drools. Vanderpump drools. He is going to get people back on his side no matter what he can do. Yeah. He's just that... He's not... I'm not giving him... Yeah, shameless. And I I don't want to say good at it, but... No, charming. Seasoned. Seasoned. Yes, seasoned. (laughs) I mean, so... Uh, if she said she was a, well, not a victim, but if she said that she was misled by Sandoval, which everyone would believe. Yeah. I mean, everyone would believe that. I think Ariana's hatred level towards Raquel, if it was at 100, like she wanted to like murder her, <laughs> is probably at like a 20 or 25. That low? I, I, okay, okay. I'll, I'll go up. I thought you were going to go to like 70. No, no, no. I don't <laughs> think she still has that much hatred. You think she's already at like a 70 currently? Now? Yeah. No, I, I think she's I think she's down. I think she's down. I feel like like you said last week, we were what what did you call when when we were in the thick of Scandaval, we were a hive mind. We were yeah, a mob. The mob, the mob. We had pitchforks. We had pitchforks and signs <laughs> and we were ready to raise hell all over Earth until we got we got Ariana vindicated. Now that it's cooled down, even though Bethany stoked it a little bit more. Now they're cooled down. I don't think Ariana, if she heard this, if I think she would be receptive to a sit down. I think she knows Tom Sandoval is the villain in this. I know. Oh my gosh. Just thinking about it now. I don't want to make Ariana go through hell, but how good would a sit down be? Between Rachel and Ariana? Yeah. Oh, (laughs) amazing. I I, I mean, it would. Ariana would have to like mentally prepare and the thing that sucks is that since she's still living in the same house, it's all so nasty still. Yes. That 
they need to move on. And then after that, once she's settled in her new life, then it could be interesting. But she would really have to like be mentally and spiritually prepared so that it could be a constructive conversation. I mean, it's sort of like a look at my life and look at yours. Yeah. Like Brandy to Sheena. Yeah. You know, it's like Brandy <laughs> was just so... Brandy's attitude is how Ariana could be. She right. Was like, she was like, I don't give a fuck about this anymore. Look at your life. Look where <laughs> I'm at. I love myself. You did what you did. And yeah, we can be in the same place now. Like, I, I feel like that's, that's sort of mm-hmm. a, a blueprint for how... Yeah. Where she's still just so mean to Sheena and is like, what's wrong with your tooth? But Brandy is inherently <laughs> meaner than Ariana. Yeah. So that's that true. she was always going to get that. Yeah. You know, um, um, I was thinking that just to your point about like how good would that be if you were writing season 11, if season 11 was a fictional show, you would have definitely included sit downs with all of the principles of Scandaval at some point. Meaning. Yeah. So I think. Rachel, when you listen to this, and I'll send it to you, she's probably, her DMs are probably open. Yeah. So I think you have to, don't you don't consider yourself like weak for backing down on those two sticking points in the, the deal that you want. No one would get that. No one in the world. Even Stassi just said, no one gets that. Listen to Stassi. Yeah. They're not going to pay for your mental health facility because they can't be liable for it, but you can get paid back. You You could, like... Who knows what could happen? The, this cast is so ripe for redemption arcs. It's happened a million times before. Yeah. Watch Lala's blueprint. When everyone hated Lala, Lala is now one of the top seven. Like yeah. they love her. Everyone loves Lala. I mean, for the totally. most part, Lala had to scrape her way there. Uh, Sheena too. So you could do it. Just watch Vanderpump Rules, take notes, and then Amy and I are here to coach you whenever you want to call us. Yeah. And I'll give you my phone number. And a hotline. A hotline. We, I, <laughs> I have so many tips. We could we could strategize. That blonde party Tip was line. just that yeah. blonde party was just on the top of our goddamn heads. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, you know, maybe everything will change, and they will give Sandoval a producer credit, like he claimed, and he can hire Rachel. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think just like how Stassi said, if they would revolt, if um, if someone got a raise, you know, like, yeah, I, I just think that that's a condition they can never let happen. No. You know? I mean, I was so glad when she she basically reacted exactly how I reacted. Yes. Where I was like, I've never heard a bigger joke in my life. No, you're like, right. That's so stupid. No, you, you were right. I was like, <laughs> I thought there was some credence to it. And no, you're right. It's there's just no way like it just doesn't make sense that they would reward him that way, that they would give him any power over the other cast. Like they still have to manage all those other cast members. So it would put them in a horrible position. It just, it's perfectly exactly right that he, I bet you he asked for that. He told Rachel, he bragged about that it was a possibility and she was impressed and took it as fact when I've never heard bigger bullshit in my life. Like yes. it's such a thing that Jax would say. Yeah, you're right. Like Jax and Sandoval have that same thing where you're just like, what are you talking about? Like yeah. Jax will be like, um, yeah, like LVP said that like, I'm the best bartender she ever had and that she actually wants me to buy pump. Like he would yeah. say something yeah, yeah, insane <laughs> like that. And you'd be like, what? He'd be like, Andy asked me to, create a new show because he he needed advice he didn't know what he was doing like he just like says shit that you're like 
there's no world in which that's true at all. Yeah. Yeah. It, no, that's that's exactly that's exactly right. And it's it's kind of shocking to imagine that Sandoval where he was in those months after Sandoval and he's telling oh Rachel that he's ultimately going to be a producer yeah. on this season. He weighs like, like 130 pounds. He's all like tweaked out. He's like they said they're going to make me an EP. He's like ripping cigs yeah. and drinking diet squirt like <laughs> yeah good oh my god okay well that is an exciting little thought experiment if you guys have ideas on how they could introduce her or fun scene ideas comment them i want to have maybe we can do choose your own adventure yes yeah i mean let's figure out because i think ultimately we i mean i guess some people don't want you know Rachel back <laughs> I know I get kind of scared when we talk about this topic because it's so divisive right. like some people thought we were too soft on Rachel um in our review of the Bethany pod even though I feel like who said that I saw some comments <gasps> <laughs> oh no oh no but like whatever but that's why i like that we're further away from the reunion mob era because now everyone's opinions can kind of settle and we can see it for the many colors it yes. is it's not black and white yes yeah we got a little <laughs> red in there yeah um, uh yeah cool well really quick like because we are we're, you know we are talking a little bit and that was really fun but speaking of sandoval post Scandival um, going through some things and saying he's a producer, uh, he also really quickly went on Special Forces World's <laughs> Toughest Test, which I had never heard of before. That when show. does that come out? I think it was very soon because the trailer came out, like maybe October 31st. Oh, Halloween? Yeah, I think it's going to come out. Scary. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so they're, I guess they have to do military training, like as if they were joining Special Forces. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I guess there's not that much to say, except that the one little clip you saw it, right? <laughs> yeah. Where he's like, he's so performative in it. He's in an interrogation room <laughs> with like special forces people. And he goes, I want to be punished. Or he goes, what does he say? He, said, he says, I, I had an affair and I want to be punished for it. And the next thing like it goes like black and white. And then he's like, he's in a fight with somebody and he's either, he's either getting punched in the face or he's yeah. punching and then they clip the next clip is he has blood all over his face. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what? Oh my, I don't know. It just seems very strange. Now I kind of feel like I have to watch it. Do you think, is it the kind of thing where you get eliminated? I th yeah, I, I assume. Think so. right? I think as, as you have to ultimately become the toughest person <laughs> like in the world from that training. And I, yeah, I don't know how long. Oh my God. I just remembered that Ariana's doing Dancing with the Stars. I know. I keep forgetting that. I think it's sort of. It, it kind of affects negatively my impression of Bravo shows, which I kind uh -huh. of feel are sacred and yeah. they should only exist in the Bravo universe. I feel like it didn't used to be like this. There's been a breach. Yeah, there's a breach, like <laughs> a total breach where things are slithering through. The worst <laughs> example is that Heroes and Villains show that Jax oh, is on, on yeah. E or whatever. I'm like, it's like, it's like, um, Who's the guy, the, like the Rock of Love cast? Uh, uh -huh. What's her, New Flavor York? Oh. No, I, no, 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 no. I, Not I, Flavor Flav. It's um, like villains from all of the, like of all, of every reality show in the yeah. world. And I just think that it sort of cheapens the Bravo brand mm -hmm. to see them in another. Yeah, they should have a non-compete. What yeah. the hell? Well, Jax obviously doesn't. <laughs> right. But Tom Sandoval and Schwartz, why were they like, I, I mean. I know, especially because Fox is isn't. Yeah. 
It would make sense if it was NBC, but... Yeah, I don't know. I just think that Heroes and Villains show looks, like, so bad to me. Yeah. So, I don't know, but maybe World's Toughest Test will secretly be really good. <laughs> I hope that he doesn't make it to the end, because I, I feel like I'm going to have to watch it, but I only want to watch maximum three episodes. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I think his arc will be pretty contained. Maybe JoJo Siwa will win. I know, yeah. <laughs> I, and then that's the show, remember, we were talking about earlier, where he snuck in framed photos of Raquel and he was using them to give him strength do you think that was like a planted story <laughs> yeah because it was Nick <laughs> Vial right maybe someone got to him and Nick Vial is was is also on it yeah so he went from like commenting on Scandaval and like <laughs> only interviewing people on Vanderpump Rules for like two months and then he had to go confront Sandoval in this world <laughs> maybe he's the test. one that punched him do you think maybe he was so pissed yeah wow <laughs> okay, well, that'll be, I mean, we'll we'll probably see some clips or we'll talk about that if it's entertaining, but I didn't watch uh, Schwartz on Mars. Me neither. Because I just like, no one talked about it after that first week. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't ever get in the public consciousness after like those first couple episodes. Yeah, I, I feel like the clips we saw on TikTok and stuff were probably enough. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think stay in the Bravo universe because you don't, because Bravo knows how to represent you the best way and in such a for the most part not according to bethany no bethany thinks bravo <laughs> is the worst you know uh fran or whatever like environment to show you but i think bravo has a sheen mm -hmm. a sheen to it that really casts people in a beautiful light and when you go on heroes and villains and all this other garbage you you kind of it affects tarnished your, your, yeah you tarnish that beautiful sheen yeah Thanks. oh my gosh i don't think you were in your Bravo era yet at this time, but did you ever, were you ever watching when they did those Summer by Bravo ads? No. Oh my gosh. What is it? I need to pull these up for you. Um, in the, over the course of like, I guess it was probably maybe 10 years ago-ish and maybe a little longer after that, but Bravo would do these fun ads called Summer by Bravo and it would be like everybody all the talent together and like I remember one of them was like Olympics themed and it would be like Nini and Andy and like everybody wow. playing one of them was um to the tune of uh Britney Spears the like I I I wanna go oh oh and there'd oh, yeah. be like all these little um tableaus of like funny sort of like you know like Jeff Lewis, like being a jerk and like, just like funny yeah. stuff going on. And it was just like a brand promo. Oh. And, um, cause remember, uh, on Bravo, it used to always be like, um, it would be like, I don't know. The, the interstitials would be like fun by Bravo or it'd be like party by Bravo. Like it would be like different words. And then this one was summer by Bravo and wow. they were summer themed brand promos and they were, Sometimes you'll see TikToks of people being like, society hasn't been the same since wow. the Summer by Bravo ads. I'll find them for you. It's really nostalgic. Okay. Wow. I, lo <laughs> I love the idea of that. Summer by Bravo. And it would show <laughs> all of the cast members from different franchises partying together yeah, and doing it'd be summer. like fun little scenarios. Was it before Summer House? Yes. So, wow. So they never got to They should bring it back. I keep waiting for them to bring it back. I kind of like the fun by Bravo and yeah. I'll, party by um, Bravo. Maybe I'll post it on the Patreon page, um, any of the ones I can find, but they're just very fun. Cool. 
Okay, good. Well, did we talk about every little thing that we wanted to talk about? I mean, Stasi, Rachel, uh, Tom, the toughest <laughs> man. Yes. And that was it. Yeah. One hour is, a, I think, a good <laughs> amount of time to spend on those various subjects. And then why don't we take a quick break? Sure. And come back, and then we're going to talk about um, Atlanta, New York, well, not in this order, sorry. New York, <laughs> OC, yes. and Atlanta. And I'll say as a little teaser to keep you all during the break, uh, I liked every episode of this. All every, three? All three. It, yeah. This week was three for th- three for <laughs> me. So stay tuned after the break because I am not going to hate on Roni as much as I normally do. And yeah okay what about you i'm excited no i saw um online somewhere you called it a seven out of ten which for you for roni new (sighs) roni is really good that's like a 10 out of 10 in (laughs) any normal environment yeah Yeah. i thought it was good did you think it was three four three (laughs) um yeah all decently good (laughs) i feel like i always defer to you i'm like what what did you think well i think (laughs) but yeah i enjoyed them all roni was better than it's (laughs) <laughs> we can take a break but i just want to say roni was better than i thought that i've come to yeah. expect for a while oc had a lot of merit there was some weird yes. stuff going on totally OC was like we need to get into it yeah and then atlanta i was like yes atlanta atlanta is underrated at this point because people are dogging on yeah, this people season. really think it's terrible they, they're like this is the worst season i've ever seen in my life kenya call it the worst season <gasps> she's ever she been a did. part of yes people hate it and i'm like have you guys seen uh Salt Lake City season two or new <laughs> Roni. I mean, Bravo can be so much worse. Atlanta yeah. is good. Like, so anyway, yeah. that's my teaser. Stay with us. <laughs> but also, I don't mind if you just wanted to listen to the first part and you left. But okay, we're going to take a break. I'm and- hoping you guys are about to hear an ad by Sheena. Yeah. If we get the Sheena ad, I swear the next hour <laughs> of our conversation is pure gold. If we get any other ad, it's shit. Yeah. Roll the dice. Okay. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. <laughs> We're back. Hello. What ad do you think it was? I'm rolling on to Sheena. I, I have to hope <laughs> that it was Sheena talking about factor meals. Meals, yeah. Have you ever eaten one? No. Have you? Either not even close. You should send us some. Sheena. Yeah. I would. Oh, <laughs> I would love that. First of all, I would love to have a free meal. Yes. Second of all, I would love to know what is always being sponsored on our podcast. Yeah. Also, if we ate it live here, 
like if I if I put in the oven here when we got here and we had a little uh what's that like a serving tray yeah. and you and I tried factor meals <laughs> the opportunity <laughs> for a potential in you know sponsored read yeah. would go up phenomenally just the sounds of our chewing <laughs> like, imagine us imagine us logistically trying to <laughs> eat a I'm hot picturing like meal. a like meatloaf do you think how often not to how often do you think Sheena's eating factor meals almost once every day I mean she's looking good what are they I have no idea <laughs> I mean, I'm like picturing those... like kid cuisine me too but like a good a good kid or lean cuisine like but it's actually healthy did you like kid cuisine I don't think I had it very often. Did you? I was all about it. What is it? Like a little lean cuisine? Yeah. It but would like be like mac nuggets, mac and cheese, corn. Sometimes it would be like corn in one and then like chocolate pudding in the next. And sometimes I'd be a little sicko and I'd mix them. <laughs> mix? Wait, <laughs> did you say mix corn and chocolate pudding? I was a little psychopath. Would, would would people ever see it and say, what are you doing? I was raised in a cave no one ever saw. Wow. So you never were caught doing that. <laughs> My mom would just like in prison, just slide the kid cuisine under the door and I'd be like. <laughs> and she would never know when you slid it back out. It was all She didn't eaten. know my behavior. She would have never known what, in what order in which. It's all clawed. <laughs> it's like crumpled. <laughs> She hears like banging and scraping and scratching, and then all of a sudden the, the kid cuisine meal immediately, you know, gets shoved out. It's like ripped. <laughs> Wait, that's like that's like Jurassic Park. It's yeah. like the Velociraptor when they put the cow in there. It's okay, just so, like watching I Love Lucy in a room, like <laughs> clawing a kid cuisine. That's all. Wow, that's amazing. Um. I'm not saying this is you, but this, <laughs> but this call to mind, Goonies, you know how Sloth God. is? Hey, you guys. Yeah. Sloth is, is, you know, before the kids come meet him, oh, he's It's really off. sad. Sloth is, Sloth, I was, I rewatched He's Goonies. abused. Of course he's abused. <laughs> can you he's believe? He's chained. Can you believe there's a character in fiction, in the world, <laughs> in, in the imagination of the world of a character named Sloth that is this man it's that was tragic. And he's watching I Love Lucy. He is? And he, yes. Yes. And he's going, actually, I think he watches old films like Casablanca okay. Okay. and like um, no, they Vertigo. Tr they treat him like absolute dog shit. And it, what's his name? Chunk is so <laughs> scared of him because in that context, uh -huh. he looks like a monster. But then they bond over the baby Ruth. It's one of the I most... also watched it recently. Isn't it? It's way... I've always loved it, but No, I always loved it as a kid. Yeah. But I was like, is this gonna be one of those things that I loved as a kid that's complete dog shit now? Goonies is so It's so sweet. It's a beautiful film. What <laughs> it's like a little like kids Indiana Jones yes. where it's like every imagination thing you had as a kid that you would just play around the with. The technology. Yes, the oh, slick the shoes. Da data. Yeah. Right? Data is so cool. I love the wishing well scene where he's like this wish is mine. And they're like crying and they're at the bottom of the wishing well. You remember that Ugh, part? It's so good. And then all the, all the Chester uh, or wet copper Willy. Copper pot. Yeah. Chester, Chester copper, copper pot. Wet Willy. One-Eyed Willy. One-Eyed Willy the bandit. I'm just like, man, this movie <laughs> totally rips. No, I love it. But you weren't like, when you weren't like that when you would get a kid cuisine, right? <laughs> well, I, yeah, I think I was chained uh, in underneath <laughs> a defunct beachside restaurant. 
Oh, and it's Joe Pantaleono. <laughs> yeah. And Joey Pants. Joey Pants and that mom, which I think is a really good actor, and that <laughs> Italian singing brother. Who, yes. He speaks in Italian yeah. to us. And then Sloth is their brother. Yeah. Sloth is their brother that they They like, of... it's so dark. That part. The way they treat him. Yeah. But I... also, okay, so the brother, one of them is in jail and then they get him out. That's the opening, right? Yeah, which he pretends to hang himself. The Italiano. (laughs) He pretends to hang himself, which is like a dark way to open a kids' movie. Totally, and then and then it's also early, early Josh Brolin. Oh my god, hot! You thought so? He's the older brother, and I love that the the that the way that the when the jocks are those the girls you know love those jocks but yeah. then they start they kick him to the curb and start going with the goonie boys yeah and then josh brolin also starts going with his brother yeah. i love the camaraderie between yeah. that group martha plimpton is that who she's is... the friend oh yeah um that what's his name that that squirts kisses yeah is that <laughs> squirts, <kissing>? squirts? <laughs> um mouth um, yeah mouth that's um what's his name famously yeah. uh cory cory feldman yeah he's good in that movie he's good and the and the main bully is very good uh yeah, from your Lord of the Rings fame. No, oh yeah, oh my God, yeah, that's Sean Astin. Yes. Oh my God, <laughs> Sean Astin is so good in that movie. He's super sweet. I forgot that was Sean Astin. Yeah, he's so cute. Oh my God. Goonies. I also always picture. I know it's not her, but I feel like the main girl is giving Jenny Lewis vibes, but it's not her. Wait, is the main boy Sean Astin? Yeah. Right. Well, because Sean Astin was Rudy, and he was like 18 when he was Rudy, and then I, Rudy feels like such an older movie than Goonies, but maybe I'm like, I'm just... Yeah, yeah it's him. Oh, it is? Yep. Whoa. He is like... I mean, Goonies, Rudy... And as we know, Oscar winner Kihei Kwan is oh. Dada, oh. and current day, uh, Jeff Cohen Chunk is his lawyer. Jeff Cohen Chunk... <laughs> Is a lawyer now. Yes. An entertainment lawyer? Yes. And he doesn't want to act anymore? No, but he his one of his clients is uh, Data. If we ever make a feature film like we talked about, <laughs> would you ever want to get Chunk involved? I'd love it. Does he, how does he, does he look kind of cool? Yeah, he looks good. Um, but yeah, he got thanked in his Oscar speech. He did? Yeah. He said, my lawyer? You can barely tell it's him. He's what fit as a hell? fiddle. <laughs> Oh my God! We have to write a movie and make uh, him uh, one of the cast members to resurrect his career if he wants it. Yeah, his acting career. Um, yeah, I watched Goonies like two months ago or something like that, and at the end when Chunk asks um, Sloth to come live with him, he's like, "You're my family now." I cried. You're gonna live with me now. It's, it's so cute. Yeah, it just gave me chills because a bit. Chunk. No, Sloth, he uh, throws his real family to the curb in favor of the Goonies. Yes. So they better give him a place to live. Totally. Yeah, he he fully uh, betrays his <laughs> family who, you know, they were pretty horrible to him. Don't they imply him. that they that he was made that way, not through physical abuse, but that as an infant he was physically abused i'm not laughing so. it's that's, so messed up that's awful you know who's good is too is that mom I've yeah never seen her she's anything. scary she's wearing that beret the whole time <laughs> and she's like my two knucklehead boys get it together she's really good yeah they're really freaking frack 
those those sons. Those sons. Yeah, it's so good. I was going to say something else, but um, I forget completely. I was just in the thrall of Goonies. I can't believe you watched it two months ago. I watched it like six months ago, too, and I was just like, damn, this holds up. Yeah. Chris Columbus. Oh, he's great. He was supposed to be like the next Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Well, Spielberg produced it, right? Yes. Yeah. I think so. Pretty sure. Yeah. Anyway, uh, well, I showed it to Jimmy because I grew up watching it like a lot. Like I've seen it like a hundred times. Yeah. And he didn't grow up that way. A lot of my my sister's nine years older, so I have more eighties children knowledge because I got like the runoff. Oh, because you're not like me. An eighty five. I'm an eighty eight. So you barely even touched the eighties. Yeah, but I had all of her, you know, VHSs nice. and stuff. So, so Goonies was like early, like eighty. Yeah. That early? No, I don't know. Eighty five. Maybe like eighty five. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, that's a, yeah, that's a good film, and it makes sense why we spoke about it. You know. Totally. Um. Hold on. Now I need to know what year it is. It'll kill You're me. You're probably right. Eighty seven. Eighty five. That was right. That's my birth year. So you're a true Goonie. So Goonies is 37 years old. Oh my God. If they would have asked me to be in the Goonies, I would have said yes. <laughs> would you have? Yeah. Wait, when I looked it up, I just saw there was a Goonies 2 slated for 2027. Do you think it's real? Goonies. It says it's in development. Goonies 2. I think there's so many films in development that we'll never see. Yeah. Goonies 2. Yeah. The the legend of Chester Copperpot. Goonies too. I don't know. I'd be I'd be a little worried. I think it's Let's sacred. go opening night. Okay. Goonies to see Goonies too? Yeah. And review it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. One, one quick thing I did want to say before we talk about Roni is yeah. that I watched did you see the Atlanta uh reunion trailer that just came out like <gasps> no. ten minutes before? Okay. It was kinda good, but mostly it was notable because you remember that clip that we saw where Andy said I just had the most shadiest artifact in the world presented to me. Do you remember when we watched that clip? Yes. And he was like, the shadiest piece of uh, memorabilia or whatever yeah. he said was just presented to me at the Atlanta reunion. Well, I think this trailer shows what it is. Sheree created a newsletter called <laughs> She News, a color uh, like pamphlet. <laughs> of like six pages called She News. And it's, I think it has... The Bone Collector? Yes. I think it has all the bones she's collected through the season, all the truth about everything. It's like Sheree's uh, version of events, and she passes it out to all the cast member. What? It's called She News. How long did that take her? I mean, a long time. And also, can I spoil one last thing? Yeah. Because it's in the trailer. She goes, Drew, since you said you didn't get any She by Sheree merchandise at the last reunion, here's a bag for you, honey. And she just hands her a She by Sheree bag. Whoa. Sheree oh, came shit. to play. This I'm scared. Reunion. I'm in. She News. Do you like that? I want a copy. Me, I, that's what I said. I want a copy <laughs> so bad. She should mass print them. Anyway, that was just a little quick tangent. Now let's talk about what I thought was one of the only good episodes of Roni so far. Yes. I was hoping that would be the case. I saw once I saw there was an event yes. finally. It was like maybe this will be it. Like they finally have somewhere to go. They're not in a house trapped. There's complaining. There's other stimuli. There's other people <laughs> that can interact with them. Yeah. Like there's more chance for entertainment from something that's not just yeah, them sitting around a table when they don't know each other talking. Yes. So yes, that that was um, good. I know you're a rap fan. Yes. So were you excited to see Jacob the jeweler right up top? 
Yeah, so I didn't know for sure. I'd never seen him before, but mm-hmm. I know there's a famous Jacob the jeweler. That was him. Yeah. Because I should have I should have known. If they're going <laughs> to get diamonds and jewelry in New York, that should have been him. But I didn't know what he looked like. And to be honest, I don't I have I don't care about jewelry at all, yeah. even in the rap world. So I didn't care about that as much. Okay. And after those first two scenes where they're just like getting jewelry and then they're getting dressed i was like oh no we're in for a a slog (laughs) here we go again like the first eight minutes are those two scenes and i was like this is like a boring start yeah to me shopping yes um i did think it was fun though that uba said that she met jacob in monaco at a prince albert party yeah which am i mistaken in that um a penis piercing is called a prince albert Prince Albert. Yeah. I thought Prince Albert was when someone says like in old movies or whatever, they say like, guess who's calling? It's Prince Albert on the phone. But I think yeah, you're right. Who's, um, how long has Prince Albert been on earth? <laughs> who, is, who is Prince Albert? Do you think Uba and Jacob the Jeweler are time travelers? I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> Prince Consort Albert, he was he died in 1861. <laughs> See what is happening? <laughs> Prince Albert was a member of the royal family. He died in 1861. What is slang Prince Albert? A type of genital piercing in which a ring or barbell jewelry is inserted. And that uh, guy's a jeweler. Was it a Prince Albert party? Oh my god. Where everyone was in Monaco and they were doing diamond encrusted genital piercing. It's like a eyes wide shut party but everyone gets their genitals pierced. Exactly right, but what was this what what, what Prince Albert in Monaco why That's did why they, I was oh, confused. There's a oh, different one. I'm sorry. It's not a jewel encrusted <laughs> penis engravement party. The Prince Albert of Monaco okay. is a prince. He's been reigning since 2005. Okay. And he must have thrown a party. He's kind of interesting. Hmm. Prince Albert? Hmm. Huh. So anyway, okay, that makes a lot like more sense. like we've talked about Monaco before. Yeah, we it love talking about Monaco. comes back again. Yeah, so that was, yeah, yeah, okay. It was good that they went to a Prince Albert um, party, right? Sure. Uh, Uba is a woman of the world. I thought that was kind of fun. Yes. Um... But yeah, I I don't think I think I would be so stressed out if I borrowed millions of dollars of jewelry. Like I don't think I'd be able to relax the whole time. But I liked the, I, you know, I don't want to you know step on it early, but I I thought seeing what they do with people wearing million right. dollars worth of jewelry, like the security guard, that was kind of fun. Like I, I think, thought it was weird that she put it on at the event. Like I feel like usually I was me and Jimmy were talking about this of like. How does it usually work? And I feel like usually whenever you watch people get ready for the Oscars or something like that, they get dressed in a hotel room. Yeah. And I assume that the guard or the, you know, it looked like there was also like a rep with the guard. Yeah. Like you would, you would assume you would want to be wearing the jewelry for your arrival, but I guess maybe because hers was... Was she there early enough? Like Maybe it was early enough that it didn't matter. I just... I feel like they wanted to limit the amount of... Locations. Locations that... <laughs> For production and also that she had to go with $250,000 worth of jewelry sure. on, you know? So it just made sense that cameras are up. This is where he'll meet 
you know, her and it's going to be for two hours. Right. You know? Do you think there's like a time cut off? Like, I feel like for her, there definitely was. But do you think if they loan jewels to Nicole Kidman at the Oscars and then she wants to go to the Vanity Fair party after, do you think they say, well, you're not fucking wearing them to that? I or bet, I bet they, they, so they must have security, right? Like, does Nicole Kidman just have security at the Vanity Fair party or does everybody check your security at the door? I mean, I think if you are wearing the jewels, you literally, like, have to or do you think they're, like, the guard stands outside and then you have... I don't know. That's what I'm wondering. good... Yeah, yeah. I don't know either because this is the first thing I've seen in this world except in fiction or whatever. So I have to imagine that people with more clout than Aaron... And I'm not (laughs) saying there's many people with more clout than Aaron, but... Um, probably have a little more leniency and probably they outsource security to people they know that Nicole Kidman already works with and says, I take care of security on this piece of, yeah. you know, jewelry or it's insured or whatever. Right. I think that... I think it also depends. Like sometimes there are like insane jewels that people are wearing. Like um, Lady Gaga wore that insane like tiffany diamond that was worth just like an obscene it was massive it was like heart of the ocean size yeah and i feel like when they do special pr it's basically a pr stunt when they have someone wear the like a million dollar diamond or whatever i think for that they're like all right literally you're wearing it from point a to point b take it off give it back yes whereas with other stuff that's maybe still expensive but not quite that important they're like all right you can go to the vanity fair party but there's a guy standing outside and you're not allowed to leave without giving it back to him a fun film idea i was just thinking is someone wears you know half a million dollar jewelry to an event and they have like a kind of a bedraggled security guard who's down (laughs) on his luck and down on his life and he's so bored and he's going to retire and then like a cat burglar type (laughs) situation happens where it gets doesn't stolen isn't um did you see oceans eight doesn't something like that happen not the big bedraggled guard but isn't it something about a famous actress wearing a jewel i really think it is (laughs) we just rewrote the movie i think it is i I mean i did not like that movie so i put it out of my mind but that rings a bell yeah i i couldn't believe that they made spoiler alert but i I couldn't (laughs) believe that they made george clooney dead I thought thought they were going to have a cameo where the casket or like the mausoleum. I forgot about that, quite honestly. He died. He's dead in it. He died at like. Maybe it's a con though. Yes. I'm sure they were. I I wanted it to be like he should have been a cameo (laughs) where the mausoleum door opens up and he goes, sorry, I've just been resting my eyes. But they made him dead. Like. I don't like that. Me either. Don't get me started on Ocean's Eight. But yeah, you're you're exactly right. This premise has definitely been used a million times. But I liked the idea of someone like that guard, you know, Aaron's guard, having to like solve a mystery on his own because he doesn't want to get fired by his boss. Yeah, that's fun. It could be kind of like a noir. Yeah, noir. And it's just like, but it could be small (laughs) scale because it's just like $250,000. That's it. Right. But not, you know, in the grand (laughs) scheme of like heist movies. I did. I did like when he was like, haven't lost one yet. Yeah. And then I didn't like when Aaron was like. So you're just going to be like lurking around me the whole time. It's like, why'd you have to call it lurking? Rude. <laughs> He's a guard protecting $250,000 worth of stuff on you. Yeah, you're you're welcome. Yeah. So those first two scenes, they were like just warming, you know, us up. And then I think, so when they're shopping, Jessel says, are you going to Aaron and Abe's uh, engagement party? 
And then I sort of thought, I was like, Jessel, this is a little mean spirit. She goes, did you see how many sponsors were on the yeah. invite? And, and That then is kind of like, weird, don't you think? Well, I didn't think it was weird, but I just don't know. I don't know enough about the like high society in New York, but it did, I guess it did seem like every, every aspect of their engagement party was sponsored. Yeah. Like that they couldn't have put this, thrown this together on their own and that they're really exploiting that this is going to be an event on television. Yeah. Like, it's, has anybody it's ever... giving day class A. You thought it was? I would make fun of someone if I was going to their like wedding that had sponsors. That's weird. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess maybe I just... like a birthday you could take advantage and be like, this is frivolous. It's my birthday and brands want to sponsor the bar or have like giveaway, whatever. But like a wedding. Yeah. Like a, a yeah. A testament to their love. And it's there's like cheesy. 20. And then Bren says something kind of funny where she was like, is this a Coachella poster? There's like 20 <laughs> yeah. brands on here. Yeah. So and then she a, was like, I don't even know any of these brands. Yeah. So that was fun shade. Yeah. Not just unwarranted. It, yeah. I feel like if you do something like that, you should be ready to get dogged on. Cool. All right. That was good. And so then I feel like it then after like that setting up, it becomes all about, well, well, first actually before I thought I'm like starting to really come around on Jessel. Okay. Are you? <laughs> um... I really like the scene with her and Pavit when they were applying to the preschool <laughs> or whatever and their dynamic, like because we've heard like Pavit, I don't know what we've heard or what I thought was ultimately going to be that he's like this awful husband or whatever. And yeah. he's already, so I'm, I was sort of like, what's that called? I, I thought that I was going to get something from him. He's actually kind of like fun. And I liked their banter mm -hmm. together. Like he thought the whole idea of the preschool application, $62,000 was just <laughs> absolutely ludicrous. Yeah. So I, I sort of enjoyed that little peek into their right. marriage. How did you Do you feel think that she actually wants those things or do you think she was trying to, I feel like she was kind of trying to pull like an Alex and Simon of like, we belong in this society and we must have a school that has locations in Rio Monaco. and Hong Kong and Prince Albert teaching a <laughs> class. Um, it felt a little performative okay. to me. Are, all right. Um, and which is why he was probably like, what the fuck are you talking about? I didn't see it with that lens. <laughs> Man, and you're making me reevaluate everything. Yes, I could. I mean, because it would have been completely so easy for them to have just done that. Like, yeah. Just to say, oh yeah, we're actually considering this sixty-two thousand dollars school, and that's why he his re response was just like, "What are you talking about?" I mean, have you heard the rumors that um, their apartment is rented, furnished, and that she moved there to be on the show? I didn't dig in further, but I heard that rumor. I heard that rumor too. Um, that she moved from London to Los Angeles, oh. and then is only. But well, I was gonna. I was thinking about that, and I was like. There's precedent for this, right? There's precedent for like moving, switching cities, switching cities, or, or or housewives that live six months out of the year somewhere else and then just come, you know, like Salt Lake City. Like I can imagine that yeah. people like go there for filming and then leave or whatever. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. I guess the only criticism is that Andy Cohen represented this as like these are all lifelong new yorkers and this is the embodiment of like <laughs> right. new york and the chemistry is also quintessential new york and then the fact that she doesn't know anything and also right. makes that tribeca statement make more sense that right. she just like didn't know the area yeah she's like i've never been here before and is it, it then it's unfortunate that no one can call her out because that would be the most interesting <laughs> thing 
you, if for Aaron to just be like, you just move here, but yeah, they like, can't. You don't even go here. But that breaks the fourth wall. Totally. Um, yeah, I did. Uh, Do you well, like Pavit? <laughs> he's kind of weird. He's kind of like, um, this is later, but uh, in the vows at the, whatever, the vow renewal, um, when Abe is like, I promise to satisfy you emotionally and physically. They cut to Pavit and he's like, ah. <laughs> I have He's like, to. we don't need to talk about that. Do you think that was his real in the moment reaction <laughs> no. that he was stunned no. by They did him talk? so dirty. Yeah. I just thought he, he, <laughs> I liked his personality more. I thought. He was a little more silly, he's laid me, back. He's giving me Shane. And that's okay. what I like about it. I get that. I like this little stinker with a heart of gold <laughs> to where they're not good on camera. Yeah. They don't know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> and. Yeah, I, I thought their banter was good, I, I, and I don't know why the hell they're not having sex yeah. in the last two years. I don't understand that, but I like the little glimpses that you know we saw of him. And well, the, and the, yeah, there's more to come on that. Is why? he's about to become like a huge plot line? They in the preview, it's like, why is he going to Vietnam? And they're kind of implying that he's going for sex. Aaron implies that. <laughs> Aaron is like, I know what people do in Vietnam. It's like you do. That's I didn't know that. He's going to go to one of those ping pong shows. <laughs> Riley's face right now. You guys, you, his face dropped. Are you talking about those notorious The kind of thing that like, Lizzo goes to. Lizzo goes to those kind of shows? She forces her dancers to participate. Really? Well, that was in Amsterdam, but kind of same thing. Do you think there's credence to those <laughs> claims? I don't know. I want to know more. I think something happened, but some of her dancers are defending her. Some of them are suing her. I Beyonce sort of, I thought bravely, if it <laughs> if it ultimately turns out that those were like falsehoods, she stood by Lizzo. And Beth, she did. Or, not Bethany. <laughs> uh, Beyonce doesn't typically like to wade into controversial issues. She's very... Yes. Averse to anything that would, you know, yeah. ruin her reputation. So I thought that was a brave stand. I know. Brave. I, I want to know what she knows. Right. Right. You have to assume that if she was going to go out on a limb <laughs> for Lizzo, she must know she something information. about those shows. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, yeah, you're right. So Pavit is coming up with a little more. Maybe he'll turn out to be the ultimate stinker. But right now, I think by far, out of the husbands I've seen, I'm liking what Pavit is dishing out. Uh, Abe's okay. Size, yeah. size husband. I know he listens, and I know <laughs> he just became a Patreon listener. So I'm so sorry, size husband. But he's not. He's not breaking out of the. Mm -hmm. He's kind of just like a normal guy. Yeah, but he's he's kind of getting into it a little too much. Like he's telling you don't want his about, takes. I don't like his takes. I feel like he's getting too introspective, and <laughs> like he's like trying to be like a philosopher about this whole thing. And so far. I've like re-ranked now my order of who is providing me the most joy and it's Jenna and Jessel now. Okay. And then Aaron, I had high hopes and she's sort of, I don't think she, Aaron wants to look lame on, on camera. Mm -hmm. So she has kind of a facade Yeah. and she can't let herself look bad. She's uptight. And she, yes. And, and all, sometimes when she's like laughing at jokes, I can tell she's being performative and overdoing it. Like she's still very uncomfortable on camera. Yeah. Even though she seems like she's running things or whatever. And then so far, Cy and Bryn are now in like the lower zone for me. Okay. Bryn, <laughs> how do you feel? <laughs> Bryn is, this, this is high level, yeah. so I just wanted to say, but like while we're talking about it, but like Bryn has become 
unfortunately to me a little one note mm-hmm. this persona shtick it's like every single every single like opportunity to make like a sexual related joke which i think are so fun and like anybody can do it and i think that's great but she is like making it her thing it's like there's wieners at the party oh my god i'm gonna put this wiener in my mouth like every single yeah. thing i feel like she has a honed in persona that she wants to be hers yeah and i can see i can see that it's manufactured for the most yeah part. i was hoping after we got her sort of more vulnerable storyline that she would cast that persona aside yeah me too um and maybe it will i feel like there's something better underneath i'm like i know i wish you know she could, I, I do think she has the charm and the charisma and the personality to because that's what i saw in the first couple episodes but i feel like she is so well versed in housewives lore and legacy and she knows everything about it that she is presenting a a, a, a front yeah and once she stops doing that and just kind of like I don't know, becomes more herself. I think she'll have enough personality to like really shine. Yeah. But now it's just, it is coming off as <laughs> yeah. performative. She was like really on one at this event where yes. she was just like, ha ha, I'm going to steal your husband. Like yeah. I'm going to be an evil stepmom. Like it just felt like she like couldn't stop. It was she, like, like pathological. <laughs> she like talked Abe's ear off at the party. I, it was like, yeah. okay. I, I mean, I didn't think it was offensive because it was just stupid, but yes. like, I didn't take it seriously, uh, but also, I mean, we're, we're going to get to it, but also like Bryn's chess thing. I've like never <laughs> seen anything like that. I can't get it out of my head that she like said she was like Bobby Fisher and that she like goes all these secret <laughs> chess clubs. And then she didn't know how to work that clock and she <laughs> lost the quickest match in history. And then when she showed up to the event, which, you know, we're getting to, but she's wearing sunglasses and she's like, I'm hung over. My eyes are bloodshot. So I'm wearing sunglasses. And then she takes off her sunglasses and like, She's not bloodshot or it doesn't seem like she's hung over at all. Right. It's like, I think she just thought it would be like a cool look. Yeah, totally. So yeah. anyway, I, I just, I'm, I, I, but it is fun to like get to know them more. And I think I was a little harsh up front because now that, you know, they're more interesting as you get to know them. And I should have, yeah. I should have reserved judgment until maybe six or seven episodes because now I'm like, whoa, I actually am enjoying Jessel where yeah. after the first couple episodes, I was like, get this person off immediately you know <laughs> yeah um no i'm still i feel like what episode is this six yeah uh i feel like i'm still ruminating like, like everyone you, yeah no and that, and i shouldn't be i'm just like trying to make bold claims as we go to sure. maybe potentially be really right or really wrong <laughs> but yeah it's just it's interesting i guess that the, the dynamics are shifting a little bit as i as i watch and that like maybe i didn't truly know jessel yet and we're yeah. just still we're still learning and it could get way better once they have, once we, you know, they, they might cut some dead weight and, but once we know them and once their, their drama becomes organic to actually knowing each other, this season is just such a, a flop so far because they were just put into a room and they have to create something that has happened between them. And yeah. it's, it's, but this, this engagement or anniversary party was like the first time where an external event provided conflict because they're yes. all reacting to something real right like you said totally yeah yeah um also i had to note uh you know that scene where jenna is doing that interior design project yes um they finally maybe they said this before i didn't realize it her friend brandon that she's always with uh-huh. was his lower third was friend slash architect whoa and i was like didn't he like make them like 
dinner before and then he was there when they were trimming the tree okay i thought he was like her assistant or yeah something i didn't know but Friend? he's an architect so he is <laughs> he's like a uh what's that called a, a jack of all jack trades. of all trades i guess he, he was made doing... fondue yeah he's an architect jenna's uh home life is still a little <laughs> bit of a mystery to me yeah you know, as i guess it should be after this many episodes but yeah yeah um... i didn't know that i didn't know anything about that and i didn't know that like <laughs> I thought it was interesting when she said that she did one internal or what's it called interior decorating design mm-hmm. like job and then that got way more acclaimed than like her years of fashion design right or whatever yeah her career is interesting I I mean part of me is like why is she so rich but I guess her J Crew job was probably extremely well paying was she the CEO um, of it not, or the or the it, chief design officer. Yeah, she said what exactly it was. It wasn't I don't think it was CEO cuz I don't think she like managed the like business, but mm-hmm. she was like I think like top 3 ranking like Yeah. basically in charge of the entire creative that, direction. That has to be so lucrative and then all of the like personal style stuff she must do for people. Like she talked about styling like, you know, Michelle Obama and mm-hmm. stuff like all that like Having that fashion knowledge, she must have so much like side work too that she gets paid for. Yeah, I'm curious. Um, Me too. She also kind of implied again. This is later, but um, when she reveals that she's single, she kind of, without saying it, implied that her partner dumped her for being on the Housewives. Right? Yeah, I think <laughs> that was what Jenna was trying to say without specifically breaking the fourth wall. They. Sai asks, did she want you to be more vocal or something? And and she goes, no, it was the exact opposite. Like she wanted to be less vocal. Like she basically said she didn't sign up for this. And she was like, it's too late now. Yeah. And so I, 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 I guess Jenna probably had conversations about potentially, sh- you know, showing her on the show and like letting the cameras into their lives. And she said, absolutely not. And that Interesting. ended it. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a bummer that she lost a relationship because of <laughs> Housewives immediately. Right. I know. It is funny that I think we've touched on this before, but it's funny that she seems so sort of um, not trying to be a housewife the way that the other women are, um, almost as if she doesn't want attention. But we know that she's been looking for a show to do for years. Yes. Like she had that HBO Max show. Um, she's clearly looking for some sort of limelight. Yeah, she wants to be a personality. Yeah. Right? Is that what yeah, like a media yeah. personality? Like she It's just funny that she's kind of so awkward. Yeah. And well, acts not... like she's shy. Yes. But this is a very specific show. You know, like if she's just on a the... Her, her show is basically like the, what was Bethany's show called? The B yeah. Shot? Yeah, Big Shot with the big shot. B. <laughs> the Big Shot with B, Bethany <laughs> Frankel. This was, is, was sort of like her version, like a right. style show. where was I should she, watch it. Was she trying to hire people? Do you remember? I think so. Okay. But this is like, Housewives gets so much more personal. Like they want, yeah, that's true. It, that, that kind of show gets 20% of your life. Housewives get, gets 90%. Yeah. So maybe it's just, I don't know, she's never been filmed in her closet, you know, thrown away clothes and she's like what what is going on here how do i make this entertaining yeah i should watch it i i may have seen like one me too uh spoiler it's not a spoiler it's more inside knowledge that show was supposed to be on tbs originally and then with all the mergers and everything got shuffled around onto hbo max that was gonna be on tbs don't get me started their shit makes no sense over there i worked on 
for a while, <laughs> TBS wanted to have this like adult swim hour. Do you remember that? Mm. Like it was like an hour of like five, 10 minute programming that would sort of rival adult swim. Was it swim. 2016? Yeah, around. That's they were like that was like when they had search party and they were doing like alt yes. comedy and then yes. they dumped it and did like wrestling. Yeah, yeah, I was a part of because absolutely had five of those shows to produce, yeah. and they that's all, like right when I started working there. Um, and Rachel Dratch's yeah, Rachel Dratch's hour wasn't that on wasn't that on Adult Swim or True TV. True TV. Yes. Was, sorry. So True TV and TBS tried the same thing. They yeah. all wanted a little bit of that like adult swim alt yes. comedy thing. And then they all just like completely abandoned it after I know. a couple of years. At True TV, the only show I ever worked on that I was excited about was um, At Home with Amy Sedaris. Oh, that's cool. How was it? It's a good show. It's funny. At Home with Amy Sedaris. Yes. Was she just showing her home life? It's like, it's a scripted oh. comedy oh, and it would always have fun guest stars like justin thoreau and um it's just kooky that's cool yeah good <laughs> um, okay anyways <laughs> yeah you want it okay so there's one scene before we get into the uh anniversary party which i thought the anniversary party was awesome was good yeah but there is the scene with abe and aaron where they're talking about yes. their love first of all this technically <laughs> do you think this is technically a vow renewal Yes. They just didn't, producers and them, didn't want to call it what it was. Because <laughs> it's cursed to have a vow renewal, because renewal it's a on trope. Bravo. Because it's yeah. a trope. Because we've seen a hundred vow renewals, but this was a 10-year anniversary party where they read their vows <laughs> to each other for the first time. Right. They got, it's a technicality. They got a vow renewal. Right. On, they kept, I didn't put it together that they kept being like, we never had vows. They said they forgot to do their vows. Right. They both said that. <laughs> That they just like that got lost in the right. So I I think there was some. Oh man, I can never say this word. They were they were obfuscating uh-huh. the reality that this is a vow renewal in every way. One hundred percent. The title, except the title. Okay. Yeah. And, and so anyway, they go to a dinner, David yes. Burke Tavern. Yes. And they have this dinner where they're talking about it's like getting to know them as a couple. Yeah. And getting them ready for their I do anniversary party. Like that, Abe. I don't know if I like love him or anything like that, but he's very comfortable. Yeah, I like I like that too. I'm I'm warming up to Abe. My yeah. I'm like always resistant to I don't know, I didn't even know why I was like resistant to him at first, but I actually I think he was fine and he did yeah. good in the scene. He was he's like fun funny. His, yeah. Yeah, he was fun in this episode. Did you see that behind <laughs> them I was hoping you would bring this up. Behind them. <laughs> so we're trying to watch two people <laughs> reclaim their love and show us a love that is more powerful than anything in the world. Behind them, another love is being spotlighted <laughs> that no one comments on. And it's a man in the corner having dinner with a gigantic stuffed penguin. Right? I immediately thought of Billy Madison when he hears <laughs> where, where the audience sees it, but, but they didn't see it. Right? Yeah. It's his imaginary friend. Yeah. So I have to, I, the, my theory was that like, which ruins it is that was, is, do you think, is that just a fixture of this tavern? That I in think the corner? so. Oh, okay. Also, I tried to ignore it for the fun of it, but there were moments when people like he'd be with another person and then they would cut back and then there wouldn't be another person there. So I think he was meeting someone and I think maybe there's just a penguin always there, but I obviously much prefer to think that his girlfriend is a penguin. Yes. Or it's a hallucination <laughs> that the audience is, is seeing and no one else sees and Aaron and Abe didn't see it. it it's just, I'm, I don't remember a more 
funny <laughs> thing in the background. Well, it's that, like right in the camera line. Like yeah, it's like it, right in the corner. And, I, and someone should have acknowledged it. Aaron should have said, <laughs> yeah. just so you know, Abe, there is a man talking to a penguin, taking photos of the penguin over there. Like, yeah. There would be moments when he'd be like talking and it like looked like he was having a conversation with the penguin. Yes. And that, that is happening the entire time in the background. <laughs> it's <is> distracting. Very <laughs> distracting. Um, so I wanted to ask you, so Aaron and Abe are talking about their, I mean, their love for each other. Like they're like, we love each other. I love you. I can't believe we forgot to do our vows 10 years ago. Let's definitely do them. And then for the first time in Housewives history, he, someone orders a drink <laughs> and then he says, actually, I don't like this. I want it taken back. I, I'm sorry to be a, you know, a hassle, but please get me a new drink. And I was like, well, that's interesting. Even if, even if you hated your drink, I feel like most people would just drink it because yeah. you don't want that on camera or you don't want to like right. interrupt again or whatever. He did it. And then he goes, I would like a whiskey in a glass. Tequila oh, rocks. Tequila rocks. And then the, the server says, would you like... Little tiny cubes of ice. <laughs> little like, tiny piece little of shit rocks that no one would want. Yeah. Or <laughs> do you want our customary gigantic, huge, big rock? And he goes, the big rock, please. And then Aaron says, I'd love a big rock. And he goes, you would? And then she goes, yeah. And then he, go, he digs into his pants and he goes, here. And it's a gigantic, goddamn Jacob the Jeweler, huge <laughs> Uh, what do yeah. you think that ring costs? Oof! Like I don't even know. I, I'm so bad at guessing prices. Is is fifty thousand way too much? Maybe more. Maybe more. I didn't get a really good look at it, but it could have been like a hundred thousand oh, dollar ring. Oh, it was. What did you say? Hundred? Yeah. It was huge. It was like it was like um, a full rectangle that went <laughs> over the sides of her finger in all directions, almost the size of whatever you call this you know don't they didn't they say that bethany's engagement ring is like worth over a million dollars the one that she has now yeah from the person she's dating yeah man i don't know anything about that guy (laughs) i know i love bethany so much but i don't know anything about that man she's dating yeah she's a huge ring i don't know why he has so much money i'm kind of suspicious but yeah so when that server came over and they had the big rock talk i I thought that was such a big or the best segue I've ever seen to give. I know. Do you think it was because it felt a little choreographed. So he's like, I'm not going to give you my coat. She's like, give him your coat. He's like, I'm going to keep my coat. Right. And then he orders the drink. He he goes, what's good here? And she recommends that drink. And he goes, I'm in. Right. And then he like barely even drinks the drink and then he doesn't want it. It felt a little bit like a setup. I don't know. Yeah. So then do you think Aaron was still because she said big rock she mm-hmm. gave him the perfect segue or it seemed did, too out of do you think what are the odds she's gonna say i want a big rock so you think in our you know most cynical <laughs> minds that this whole thing could have been an elaborate way to present that diamond like a scene like they maybe or or a um, or she was so sus about the coat thing because it was giving I mean, the second he wouldn't give up his coat, I assume that's what was going to happen. Really? I didn't. Th- yeah. Wow, you're so much more intuitive than I am. I didn't <laughs> even think about that at all. I go, where's that penguin? Right. It's like, remember when I told you that Jimmy surprised me with a birthday trip to Big Bear or whatever? Yes. And I kept being like, let's stop here. Like, let's go do this. And he'd be like, 
we can't we can't do that and i was like why like i feel like aaron was like just put your coat yeah. on the hanger like what's wrong with but you did you know that jimmy was gonna surprise you when he wouldn't no stop? i didn't know yeah see so you didn't <laughs> so you didn't see those those outlier uh, behavior no. indicators so i don't know if they were if watch I, what happens live was on right now andy could have asked that i choose to believe i don't know why i'm giving them the benefit of the doubt but i choose to believe it was just a perfect segue and if anybody was involved it was just abe saying can you get me a drink with a big rock in it and hopefully aaron will (laughs) yeah or he did seem ready to like it felt like almost he gave it to her quicker than he yes expected based on her joke maybe it was an organic big rock joke she was trying to do like maybe a sexual humor or uh, no no no, i guess it was more (laughs) engagement ring humor or wedding ring humor but anyway, I just thought I've never seen a more perfect segue to give, you know, a wedding ring to someone. Yeah, it went off without a hitch. Yes. And <laughs> then we're sort of now people are getting ready for the big event, right? We're, yeah. we're now like half the episode is, which I like episodes like this. I like when they, you see a little bit, then you get the runway of people expecting the big event, and then you just get the big event. And you have yeah. to hope that something fun happens at the event. But I like episodes that are structured like this. Not odds and ends or filler. Yeah. I like when they're all gearing up for something and one thing is the focus of it. Right. Or contained. Yeah. It gets um, hard to take notes sometimes when it works this way because it keeps switching from person to person. And I'm like... I'm like, interior, Aaron's apartment. Then I'm like, no, Jessel's apartment. Right. Ah, Jenna's apartment. Oh, when they do those quick, <laughs> quick things, yeah. Yeah. So so Uba tells Aaron, unfortunately, she has COVID. Yeah. Um. So she's out. Out. And uh, Pavit and Jessel have another little kind of fun scene where they're drinking. And I don't know. I was just like, I like this. I, yeah. I, I could watch their home life more i'm being more i'm more receptive to just getting little glimpses of their their marriage and their banter i like it um did you notice that she said that the wine like tasted weird and she was like did hairspray get in my wine or is this just bad wine and pavit's like i'm not wasting the good wine on you right now and i was like cut back to aaron like spitting out the wine at their house oh right so they did (laughs) maybe they're just cheap asses yeah also that was kind of like shane humor (laughs) yeah you know (laughs) totally negging yeah um Okay, so then they get to the party venue, which is at a bank. Okay, but I'm going to say it first and because so, I want to be wrong. And I want people to <laughs> say, Riley, you're so wrong. But I actually thought that venue was beautiful, uncharacteristically beautiful for New York. No shade to New York. But for the first few seasons when I was watching original Roni, like, the first five or six seasons of Roni, it's like every single place they go to is the ugliest place <laughs> I've ever seen. Every restaurant they go to, there's no outside. Everything has the horrible, ugly decor. All like, like for a while, I was just like <laughs> stunned that they never went anywhere aesthetically pleasing. And that could have just been them. Yeah. You know, they don't go anywhere. So for the first time, I was like, damn, Aaron actually found a venue. This thing looks beautiful. I mean, even Bethany's venue oh yeah the the four, the four se- seasons like she wanted that more than life itself yeah that place was ugly as hell i've already yeah. seen it yeah <laughs> so i mean they she it might be like a money thing like i think she definitely spent like a shit ton on decking out this event space but then also had like a hundred thousand dollars worth of like sponsors totally um it had those projections on the wall that were pretty and that like um, fountain? flowers 
I liked the art project, pro, uh, projection. It looked like yeah, a it mosaic, cool. beautiful art, like projected, and then a waterfall. I don't know if that was just a, <laughs> a screen that played yeah. that or if it actually was like. I was just like, this is beautiful. No, it did. My first impression was that it looked really nice. And then Bryn sort of um, like poisoned my mind saying that it looks like, um, what did she say? She was like, bank. it's giving bank. It's giving <laughs> charity. Event. Oh, yeah. It's giving bar mitzvah. And I was like, <laughs> Bryn, please. Yeah. I, I, I think she was kind of grasping at straws. She was, which that is, that's, <laughs> that's what this entire season has been so far. Yeah. They are mining for what to talk about. Yeah. And I thought that was egregious of of Bryn to say it looked ugly that's mm-hmm. I, I like, this is the best place I've ever seen on Roni <laughs> this looks great why yeah. are you saying it looks like a bar mitzvah it, it was um there was something about it that was that was giving charity function in that it was so not intimate yes so like when they get to the speeches you can't fucking hear a thing that was so funny to me <laughs> that's the unintentional stuff i love yes. that this season has been missing the stuff that you can't plan for and we can just get into it now they yeah. unfortunately <laughs> they this should have been the first thing they thought about and cut they have five five speakers talk it looked like 20 minutes oh my each. God. that one guy had like a pamphlet like 10 pages yes. long so finally finally because that was so embarrassing and first of all the audio was the worst audio i've ever heard it was so bad i wrote down terrible venue for speeches yes and also there's so far, like you said it's too big yeah. no one if you're in the back if, like if you and i were in the back we were invited and we're 10 rows behind and we're like by the the food or whatever and the drinks we're not listening to that garbage you're no one was no no one was (laughs) so yeah that was a huge mistake which i'm like i guess that's also because they didn't want to admit that it was a vow renewal they threw a different kind of party and ignored what needed because when you do have a vow renewal but it was a vow renewal because why would they have speakers at an anniversary right you don't really have people re-talk about your love 10 years later right well, that's why it, it was like con- a confused concept Yes, because they basically threw like a huge party that um, would normally be like a wedding after party or like a charity gala or something like that where it's just all about people like milling around. Yes. But then they wanted an element that you would usually have at a more intimate setting where yes. everyone's completely quiet right. and like sitting in chairs. Right. And... They tried to mix both formats. Yes. And it was a flop. It was a flop. <laughs> so uh, anything of note, like as they're gearing up, we find out that Jenna is no longer in that relationship, which we talked about. Yes. Everyone arrives except Uba. Um, I remember the, I don't know, there was an interaction with Aaron's dad, right? Yeah. Where he is dating someone new or whatever, yeah. right? Like he's, right? He has a new girlfriend or something. Right. Um. Yeah, it's like not even her stepmom. It's just like his, her dad's girlfriend. Um, he tells Aaron that you can see her tits in that dress, which I doubt you have much of an opinion on this, but that dress with the boob tape was a disaster. Really? Yes. Okay. So I, I'm, you know, I don't <laughs> trust my opinions in any of these areas, but I thought it actually, I thought it looked. Okay. I liked the dress, and I thought it looked good on her. But she needed a different 
solve for her boobs not popping out because throughout the entire episode she was sticking it okay like it was clearly bothering her yes and her boobs were smashed yes down by it and it made her boobs look bad i'm not body shaming i just she needed a different solution yeah it's not her fault yeah i did see i noticed it like which i never noticed (laughs) but like there is there was a lot of like struggle there on the sides <laughs> and like i hate when i can see that someone is correcting their garment yes. all night i'm right. like that means that it didn't wasn't a success that's like why you should have chosen something else that's why she wanted to get out of that thing immediately right. it was like yes two hours into that little paco Raban number i recognize it because i recognize every silver piece of clothing on the entire internet because i've been looking for what to wear to beyonce really <laughs> yeah when is beyonce <laughs> uh next weekend it's the second and you're going to wear a silver outfit? Well, I had bought a bunch of black stuff and then Beyonce posted like one week before the show that it's that's like her birthday week and she said for her birthday she would love if everyone wore silver Aww. so that we could be a giant disco ball. That's sweet. And so now everyone's like scrambling to, to buy get silver stuff. Wow, you got to let me know how that <laughs> ends up going. So Paco Rabani is the Yeah, I uh there, it's very expensive. It was out of my price range, but um, it's. I liked that little outfit. Yeah, that fits with the Renaissance theme too. Yeah, to be a big gigantic disco ball. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyways, so the, I won't won't look up clothes okay. right now. So then we <laughs> so then we kind of talked about it, but Bryn to me, like I already mentioned, is floundering in trying to provide Bryn moments throughout this entire thing. I'm gonna hit on his, your your dad. Yep. I'm going to hit on your husband. I'm going to say the wieners are good in my mouth. <laughs> right. I'm going to look for guys. I just stood up another guy on another date. Like it was like she she wanted 10. She was throwing fucking what? Shit it almost like made me like sad. Me too. Like it was, she it was giving desperate. Yeah. It you was, know? Yeah. It was not giving what she thought. Yeah. And, like I'm almost like she brought a friend with her and whatever. And I was like, I almost am like. I wish that she would have a romantic storyline just so that she would have like something going on, like to ground her. Yeah. Um, not like she needs a man, like whatever, but I just like, I feel like her shtick yeah. of being like single and horny and yeah. a whore or whatever she thinks is funny uh-huh. is too much. Yeah. Well, it's something she wants too. So it wouldn't be out of place for her to like start dating. It right. seems like she went on a date with someone and she was probably like, this guy's not ready for prime time and didn't want to show him <laughs> on camera. She ditched him. Yeah, but she was, I think, like my cast rankings, as I'm starting to evaluate them, this was an environment where I felt Bryn's energy kind of flopped because there was enough going on that was like fun and interesting yeah. and weird to where she didn't need to do this. Yeah. Um, but then as the speeches are going on, and they are long as hell, they gave them the classic long speech <laughs> edit. Yes. And they're going, I like Aaron. And then there one guy, they show one guy who's like his um his group best man guy, yeah. and they only show a snippet of him, but he was like he was like, So when I was underage, I had a fake ID. And then they just like <laughs> cut him off. He was gonna do a classic oh my like God. stupid I can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and even the um Aaron and Abe's vows or whatever were the most like basic oh, shit yeah. in the world where I was like, we had to go through all of this for you to say like Never did I think that when I went to a dive bar at blah, 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 that I would be meeting the man I would be with forever. I was like, that's the most like Webster's Dictionary ass vows of all time. Yeah. 
like what's that Shakespeare quote they always say? Uh, I don't know. It is better to have love. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> but uh, everyone has that same like love, yes. love quote or whatever. But yeah, when will people realize that no one wants to hear anything? <laughs> At a wedding, you have obviously you have to have five minutes of something yeah. to, to make it official or whatever. But the audacity to think that your guests want to listen to someone they don't know for more than five minutes when you're surrounded by alcohol and people right. and everyone looks wild and there's a waterfall. Yes, you, you're going to listen to a best man go. I had a fake ID when I was seventeen. And Certainly I'm- not in that setting. If you did like a petite wedding where everyone knows each other and they were all there oh, yeah. for that, then like fine because it's even, like there's even a limit to that. But sure, yes, for sure. But like something like this, I'm like probably half the people in here don't even know who the fuck that no. is. And it was so. Like it was so echoey that the oh acoustics were so awful that you joke. could hear Bryn probably <laughs> talking in the back and the speaker could yeah. hear. Like the room just had all of their noise yes. in it. Do you think that Aaron's sister was being performative by yes. telling them to stop talking? Yes, for sure. Yeah, that's that's the one thing I wanted to highlight. So Aaron's <laughs> sister wants a piece, and she goes up to the group, which. Everyone is talking. Yeah. Everyone is. When you pe- look around after she says that, you're like, literally, I can't see someone that's not talking. No, people were just spinning around <laughs> in the background, just like doing anything but <laughs> listening. So the fact that she chose them, but then obviously she is focused on the five people that are on the show, yes. knowing that it is going to be highlighted that they're talking <laughs> through this. So she did. So Bryn's excuse response i thought was great she's like are you gonna go around and tell everybody to yeah. stop?" like i loved that like yeah. that was that was such a perfect response a great you know a great thing that bren did yeah but obviously she cares about what they're doing that they're the ones totally that are, you know and she flopped because she was like it's really rude that you guys are arguing and they were like we're literally not yeah they weren't like they there's were just... no drama like she was just like housewives equals arguments and they're like you know, gesticulating yes. over here. I have to stop them. She should have totally just ignored it. So I don't know if she wanted a piece of a little bit of the action or if she really thought she was defending Aaron. <laughs> if she was just defending Aaron, it's very hypocritical to only go to them. Yeah. The best cherry on top was then literally like one second later, Aaron's mom came to introduce herself to all the housewives during the speech. And they were like, we're not allowed to talk. Your other daughter just yelled at us. And she was like, yeah, mom, you need to pay attention. She was like, oh, okay. I I loved that. It was like the perfect innocent payback for that. Like Aaron's sister stopped her from talking. And then the mom wants to go up and introduce herself for the first time because she wants to meet all these cast members. Yeah. And they're like, we can't talk to you. Your daughter yeah. just said that. Well, it's also hilarious that the mom was like making the rounds during the speeches. Yes, I know. <laughs> like even the literal mother of the bride doesn't give was, a shit. Yeah, was not listening. Then um, they go on and on. Even Jenna, who is very polite, is like, let's yeah. wrap this up. Sai is so hungry. And I was like, Sai, please don't talk about how hungry you are again. Please. Yeah. We've heard it every single episode. But then when it's revealed that they're just serving pigs little in pigs a in a blanket and she's a pescatarian, I'm like, okay. I believe now that Sai is actually a hungry person. And if you go to an event for three hours and you can't eat the one food, yeah. I'm fine with Sai going to Nobu. There had to have been more than just pigs and blankies. She calls it, yeah, piggies and blankies. <laughs> and no, I mean, what, they would have highlighted it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they probably would have been like, uh, like cheese, uh, charcuterie. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I think finally Sai's hunger um, storyline was fine if if there was only piggies there and she doesn't eat them. That would be savage and insane to throw a 
event like that and only have pigs okay, in blankies. Okay, you're probably right. So maybe this is just Sai <laughs> still trying to create this hunger. But I do, I was thinking about this during Sheree's party too. I think past, like, what do they call it? Like past hors d'oeuvres, yeah. like tray yeah. past is terrible. I need to have a ground zero where I can graze. Me too. Because if I have to wait for a human and then feel judged by how much I want to eat, yes. um, I'm not going to eat as much as I want to. Whereas if I can just go fix a plate, I'll eat as much as I want. Yeah. I think for all future housewives parties, <laughs> just so you don't get this complaint, just have a bunch of shit that no one yeah. can complain about. And Aaron, I don't know what the hell you were thinking to have limited... <laughs> She's trying to kill these women. Yeah. Especially after everything we've been through, she... It's, it, isn't going to have food out. I also wanted to mention, have you noticed that Jenna is always has food in her mouth? No. She's like Brad Pitt. Like she's always, oh, always. like in, in, in Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. And in like most of his movies. Why does he always eat in his movies? It's like acting thing. It's like gives him something to do that like is like naturalistic. What other movies does he eat in? There's like a video. Like it's literally like in like Burn After reading that's when he's in right yeah he's, the, he's like he's... always like eating out of, like snacks out of a bag i think in like literally in seven he's like eating like coffee like just always hand to mouth food always but oceans 11 is the best example does he eat in fight club i'm sure well oceans 11 he's in every single scene he actually is eating yeah but then now that you say that i'm like thinking about the movies i've seen him in like in once upon a time in hollywood quentin tarantino didn't let him eat a lot <laughs> in he enters, or I mean, in Ad Astra, I don't think he could have eaten. Okay. He was in space, but then there's. I've definitely seen like a montage video of like him. going through his. I'm films. sure now that I'll because I don't pay attention to that. I'm yeah. sure now that I see it, I won't be able to stop thinking about yeah. it. So he but, likes, yeah, eating on it's camera. Part of his shtick, and Jenna, I've noticed, is like always eating. Like yeah, she, she always has something in her mouth. Yeah, she was. She was eating. I'm not now I'm never gonna not see it she was eating when Jessel brought up the threesome she goes Jessel says you know I want you to spice up our sex life can you come into our bedroom and have a threesome and Jessel's or I mean Jenna is eating through that entire conversation yeah. right and I remember like during the whole like caviar conversation um like I feel like she was just like eating chips the whole time I think it's like a nervous habit yes like she wants like something to do with her hands or like something to orient yes. I don't know. So, yep. So, that, yeah, that was interesting, too. And then um, as they're winding down and the speeches are stopping, I, I was like, okay, this is good. Like, we got a little bit of, you know, fun here. There was some interesting stuff at this event. And then there was a little bit of the old Roni chaos when someone's <laughs> hair gets oh my God. lit on fire. And that was crazy. That, like, it was it erupted in flames. Oh, it was. I like that actually size comment about it was pretty funny yeah. that the woman like wasn't stressed they were like your hair's on fire <laughs> she was like what <laughs> when you saw that it was like whoa it, it, that was a significant flame in her hair totally and then i i mean if we're winding down i don't know if there's anything yeah. else you want to highlight but sai says let's go to nobu <laughs> yeah. and no one else goes with her and sai just says i've been here enough no one will notice me <laughs> if i'm gone which is obviously so not true when you're a cast member on a show right but I was confused about the timeline. So they all agreed they were going to go. And then Aaron caught him on the way out as they were like going to slip out and go to, it would have actually been a pretty iconic ending to an episode if they had filmed them at Nobu and Aaron is like left wondering where the cast members went. Yeah. But they kind of got 
uh, what's that called? They got they got caught. Yeah. Leaving. She goes, you better not leave. I'm going to change. Yep. And then she changes her new outfit. And then they all take photo booth photos and stuff. But Sai has already left. So I'm like, is she just like at a booth at Nobu alone? Yeah, I would have loved to see like, I would have loved to learn more about like, did she eat a bunch of stuff? Right. And like, I, th- I think I felt like it was properly motivated. Like mm-hmm. it was like Chekhov's gun or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you talk about hunger enough, eventually that's going to come out. So I felt like it was fun that Sai just left because she was like, I'm too hungry to stay yeah. here. She was also kind of rude about um, her husband didn't come, which like, yeah, isn't was... a big deal. But she was like, yeah, he couldn't come because our nanny's sick. And then she was like, she was like, oh, no. And then Sai was like, yeah, he didn't really care. He didn't want to be here. He was like, I'd rather be at home. I was like, you didn't have to say that. Yeah, that was rude. <laughs> and also when she went to Jessel's party last week, when Jessel goes, thank you so much for coming. Sai goes, yeah, I'm really, really tired. So like she was like she's basically saying like i barely came here yeah (laughs) i was like okay yeah um also what did you think about jenna grabbing aaron's ass for like an hour and then aaron just like would never turn around well i thought because aaron's uh dress was sort of like armor that she couldn't (laughs) Couldn't feel feel jenna's light grasping but jenna did try (laughs) six times (laughs) And I think it only took Aaron turning around to even notice what she was doing. And yeah, what did you think about that? <laughs> I thought it was weird. I was like, why doesn't she notice that her ass is being touched? And then it felt like a flop of like, Jenna was trying to be fun and it like didn't work. Yeah, sad. But that, that is, that's sort of like Jenna's MO so far. It's like yeah. she is awkward, right? Self-proclaimedly yeah. awkward. And so yeah. that's thing flopping it's kind of par for the course yeah i did think it was interesting that she said she would be with a man again yeah so who knows what comes next for her um we also didn't mention that meredith marks was there oh i know meredith and (laughs) And brooks Brooks. yeah that was nice and uh, aaron was like you guys need to come for shabbat and i was like again maybe is that one of the people you were referring to that's always in new york me Yes, you were saying Salt Lake. They're not. Well, I was in thinking. Salt Lake. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking of this. I was thinking if, <laughs> if Meredith is like part time and she just goes there. To... Well, that's what. Remember, Lisa Barlow was like, she's fucked everyone in New York. Right. So, Lisa Barlow was. T- I haven't seen that yet. Lisa Barlow was talking oh, about Meredith. Sorry, spoiler. No, that's okay. It's she... like there's a hot mic moment <gasps> where um, Lisa Barlow is on a rampage. She's mad at Meredith. I don't even remember why. Um, and she's like, she's a whore. She's fucked everyone in New York. Whoa. And she like didn't know her mic was on. <laughs> Do you think Meredith and Lisa look alike? Yes. To the Jimmy point- thinks that like it's like a huge flaw in the show because he like cannot tell them apart. I- I'm I'm actually stunned by how much they look alike <laughs> to where it is confusing. Yeah. I mean, they almost look exactly alike and i know when i first started watching i was like wait 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 yeah (laughs) what's going on here (laughs) anyway um this episode though i think for all the reasons we just stated was a step up and as we learn to learn about these cast members more i think their quirks and foibles and the things we know about them will start to heighten the conflict and as long as they keep having like entertaining things that are actually happening around them it could get a lot better totally no it definitely benefited stimuli yes yeah, that's what's been missing, I think, this whole time. They pushed us to the goddamn limit with the Hamptons. It went on for way too long. Yeah. Um, and maybe now, I am curious, I would love a rundown of exactly how the show was affected by that one woman getting fired. Yes. Th- and, like, when that ended and, like, 
if maybe now we're free of that yes. era. I think we are. You know? I think we were in the shadow of that. And now they're starting to have things that happen outside of that. Right. Because that, yeah. so this is the that was the sixth episode. So I can imagine that woman was maybe really heavy in the first five mm -hmm. and then they had to reassess or whatever. Yeah. Maybe she was like the focus of all of the drama. Yeah. Ugh, I, can we like see the tapes? I know. I want to like, you know how you can um, go to the library and use the, what's it called? Like the microfiche. Oh, microfiche. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say mimeograph, <laughs> but you're right. Microfiche. Like, can we access, I wish it was like public records, but you had to go sit in like a booth and like you can't take video, you can only take notes. Sort of like JF, <laughs> like yeah, like like when you're trying to research a topic, yeah. and you just have access for an hour in there to like yeah. look at this big the boxes old... like in Zodiac when he can look at the evidence, but he isn't even allowed to take notes. And he has to like write it all down on a napkin really quickly. Later. Yeah. Do you think <laughs> there's we could watch the footage in that capacity at some point? Well, we have to go to the Bravo, the uh, House of Records. Yes. It'll be like, remember when Cousin Greg goes on Thanksgiving to um, burn all the records? Oh, yeah. Oh, that was great. <laughs> they probably already burned all these tapes. Oh, man. They probably already sent in Cousin Greg. But I would like if there was like a Bravo deep throat type person that would meet us in like a darkened garage and give us yeah. a USB with this <laughs> forgotten footage. And we would be respectful with it. We could meet like inside the Harry Potter castle on the Universal lot. On that, on the the um, Quidditch ride? Yeah, while they're doing the fireworks so that no one could hear us. Why <laughs> that place in particular? Well, it's like the NBC Uni grounds are right so there. So it would be very There's easy probably a tunnel. So meet us. <laughs> so meet us at the ride. Have you been on that ride? No. I've never been to Harry Potter land. You haven't? No. You're not a big Harry Potter fan? I mean, I read the books um, at the time. You never saw the um, films? I've seen the films. You I think like... I've seen all of them. I just like <sighs> never need to watch them again. Oh my God. A one and done for the Harry Potter films. Wow. I've never heard that, that opinion before. <laughs> Either someone's never seen them. I think that them? the brand has truly been tarnished by all of their spinoffs. What spinoffs? Like Oh, the Dumbledore? Secrets of Dumbledore? Like Fantastic Beasts. You can't remove that from your... I just It's all trashy to me now. But... Oh, just from those three? Wow. You should get a look at the Star Wars universe. That has uh, been... I, my mind is made up on that as well. Yeah. No, that... <laughs> talk about ruined brand. Star Wars has been through the muck. But it's yeah. hard. Harry Potter, I feel like, is not I mean, I could yet. watch maybe like the oldest ones have that holiday twinkle, you know? They like, all have a little bit of Christmas in them. Yeah. Like I... The vibe is there. I'm just like probably not going to throw it on and watch it is what I'm saying. One and done. I'm, I've seen them all more than once, I'm sure. Twice? Not all of them, but probably at least half of them. Harry Potter 7 Part 1 is really fun. When they're on the run in the, in the woods and they start dancing to this Nick uh, Cave <laughs> song, Hermione okay. and Harry dance. Before then, shit goes down. And then Ron sees this vision of Hermione and Harry kissing in this cloud and it stems all of his jealousy. Is that when they use the boot to transport no, they <laughs> use the boot as a port key in <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> we, got, we got to move on. I mean, I feel like we've talked about this. I I went at midnight for the books and shit, like we the have, whole but time. I didn't know. I never heard. I know people who are staunchly opposed to the films and love the books I more. Just, there was a time I'm, and a place, and I feel like I've moved past it. Wow. So, okay. I, I mean, 
no judgment. I just never heard that. If you want to hold some sort of a holiday event where you make cider and have like jelly beans and shit, I will go. Here's what I'll do. I'll make hogsmead juice or whatever they call that. It's called, we're going to have listeners. Hogs wine. Hogs wine. I'm going to make brewing batch of hogsmead uh, mold wine. I'll make jelly beans. Butterbeer. Butterbeer. Did you just think of it or did were you yeah, letting I just me spend? Of it. Okay, yeah. But I'll make butter beer. <laughs> I'll put a little beer in it this time. Yeah. Jelly beans where only one will be disgusting flavored. So okay. your odds of getting a gross jelly bean are one in a hundred. Chocolate frogs. I'll have I won't get the actual chocolate <laughs> frogs, but I'll make a Hershey's thing and I'll melt it a little bit and I'll squeeze it into a um a frog look. Okay. Sort of like a frog. Yeah. And one that's like a little turtle. Cute. Okay. So here's what you get. All <laughs> Eight movies, you come on Saturday morning, right before Christmas, right before your birthday, okay? 8 a.m. All the way through. All the way through. I feel like it's more than 12 hours, so we're going to almost approach midnight on Sunday. We can have lunch once Gary Oldman appears. Lunch? When, Maybe that would take too when long. When Sirius I'll Black... i No, 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 no. That's in three. You get Gary Oldman in three. Okay. We would only have but to watch... But that's still like nine hours. They're we'll, so long. Let's eat... We'll eat breakfast. <laughs> we'll have jelly beans where only one is gross. We'll have chocolate. I'll order in food after Prisoner of Azkaban. We'll get fully re-steamed. Uh, I don't know is what Is that one Quaron? Quaron, yeah. Yeah. You've only seen that one once or twice? <laughs> it's been a while. Woo! <laughs> Can't Are you just watching. sitting around watching Harry Potter all I the watch time? It. We, uh, Megan and I watch them every Christmas. Okay, cute. Oh my god, I don't want to. I don't want to toot Harry Potter's horn. Okay, <laughs> whatever. We'll we'll watch them together. You'll see them for the third time each. Okay. We'll have some Harry Potter related dinner. I don't know what that will be. I okay. can't think right now. A big roast chicken. I don't even know what they eat. They don't eat a lot of main normal meals. We'll figure out a way to make candles float in your apartment. I'll do... No, no, no. Yeah, that's fine. I'll do two hanging <laughs> on strings in the windowsills. We'll have a Christmas tree by then. We watch all eight films, and then we'll have a turtle time right after, and we'll talk about your new third time viewing of Harry Potter. I have to show you photos at my old apartment in West Hollywood that we called the Shire because it's like storybook style like 1920s i love that um my neighbors i one day under my door appeared a weathered like tea-stained aged envelope with a wax seal that appeared to be like a hogwarts invitation and i it was around halloween and they put fog on the grounds of the bungalows and they they were like I think one of them was like a set decorator. They staged the windows of their apartment to look like shops. And they put up a sign what? that says Diagon Alley. And they basically transformed our apartment complex into like a Harry Potter land. For what reason? And like for fun for Halloween. But I didn't want to talk to any of my neighbors. So I was like, this is cool. And I like did a lap. And then I like went back to my apartment and just like was like a hermit. You didn't <laughs> want to talk to your neighbors after they decked out Well, your... guess what? Turned out my instincts were right because I am fairly certain that those are the neighbors that left their cat when they moved, which became my cat, Penny, that they left in they the ab- lurch. They abandoned They cat. abandoned Penny to fend for herself, and then I had her for 10 years after that. But oh, so they were... They were bastards, and I knew it in my soul, So despite their Harry Potter whimsy. 
So they gave your <laughs> complex an amazing, beautiful Harry Potter aesthetic for all of Halloween. And then when they left, they abandoned one of their cats. They were like weird. Like they were the guy kind of dressed like Paul F. Tompkins. You know okay, what I like mean? A, like a um, like dandy. Like a dandy. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And like, I don't know. I just thought they gave me a weird vibe. What did the invitation say? Because I have invite. a photo of it. I'll show you. I'll post it online. Um. I posted it on like Instagram back when you would put a frame on your photo in Instagram. That's how long ago it was. I can't wait to see it. Do you think we have to talk about Atlanta and OC? <laughs> Should we just do top three yes. remarks, not yes. recap? Top three, what we liked about it. And let's do OC and then Atlanta. Because okay. if yeah, you're with can't. us now and we just had a Harry Potter huge <laughs> five minute section, we talked about Roni and we that was we went into it. And yeah. we talked a lot at the top of the hour about all that shit. This is just breezy OC yeah. and Atlanta. So first, starting with OC, generally, yeah, this felt to me like something was going on, kind of a <laughs> sloppy cut together episode in terms of all the fourth wall yeah. breaking and like how many times Shannon is like yelling at <laughs> oh production. God. Emily having like a meltdown to production, talking on, to, you know, yeah. FaceTime to Shannon. Yeah. Like, I don't, I just felt Everyone like- Everyone was like on the brink. Yeah. It's on like, the brim of freaking out. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm wondering if they are all worried about this season of OC being a flop. Yeah. And they're like ramping things up to scrounge drama halfway through, or like mm -hmm. they're even more than halfway through now. I think they're on like episode 11. Right. Like they're trying to like- really make some stuff happen but it did seem genuine though like shannon seemed like really like freaked out and like stressed out and uh emily seemed truly pissed yes yeah but what like i i wanted to ask you i mean all i really want to take away from this conversation is this john and shannon shit it doesn't sound that bad right and also like the moment where Heather, when they're like, when Shannon keeps saying John doesn't want to be in the limelight, he'll break up with me if if any of this appears on camera. I'm like, well, first of all, he that sucks, and he <laughs> sucks for doing that. Yeah, you shouldn't be in a relationship where someone would be like that, knowing that you've been on a re reality TV show for what six years, seven years. Yeah, and then I like when Heather was like. You know that's not true. John loves the limelight. You've told me. I was like, damn, that's yeah. yeah I got she that guy's number. That. Uh, she said, John loves the limelight, and that's a big reason why he's with her. Yeah. yeah I, I totally get that vibe from him. Yeah. I, I totally get take advantage of Shannon. They do not like each other. That yeah. flashback they showed where they were on the boat that they, for some reason, didn't include <laughs> of them having that, like, soft boil fight where she's like, are you going too fast? And he's like, do you see any wakes in the water, Shannon? <laughs> she goes, I really think you're going too fast. I was like, whoa. I yeah. would have not wanted to be on that boat with yeah. him. Yeah, um, but, but no, I, it's I, weird. I why? think I think that the it's that classic thing where nothing makes a housewife angrier than another housewife not spilling their own dirt. Yes, right, right, totally. So, but why is Shannon so hesitant? Shannon, Shannon's off camera when she was fourth wall breaking, which I, I think she, this is the record for the most fourth wall breaking yeah. in an episode. Shannon just got that. Um, she's like. John and my John and his daughter and or no, sorry John's daughter and me don't get along. Yeah, but don't you ever put that on uh, on you know on the episode? It's like that's not that bad, right? Why would that not be right. something that would be? That's very much like normal like life stuff that would be interesting. That's like 
that's like a five out of ten on the conflict that we've seen on these shows. Like, why is Shannon so? I just I don't understand what she's protecting. Yeah. I don't understand. I I just don't get anything about this relationship because Shannon's not explaining herself well. I don't understand right. why she's breaking the fourth wall for something that doesn't sound like a big of deal right. at all. Well, that seems like, I think exactly what you're saying right now is what all the other housewives are saying. It's like, like, they're like, what is the problem? Yeah. Like you've told us certain things that I guess I won't say out loud because you freak out if we do. And then she gets mad that she's like, you're acting like there's this big dark secret. And they're like, I'm not saying that like you're the one, you know, but yeah. like, so it's created, it's the, what's that called? Like the Streisand effect of like yes. her not wanting to talk about these things is making it a huge topic that needs to be talked about. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I just like, I'm, I'm not, it's not, it's not being properly uh, edited to understand what this is like, how this is going or what's going on. Um, and, but also, I don't know why I understand, Shannon doesn't understand that every single person at this point now has talked about her relationship and she's talked to all of them about it. So right. all of them obviously are going to talk about it amongst each other. That's just, yeah. I, I don't understand why this is so shocking to Shannon and why she's trying to stop production every five minutes because right. of it. And also, if John is that horrible that he's going to break up with you, I'm so, like, I mean, that yeah. needs to happen. Like, right. I don't know. Like, he... He sounds awful. Yeah. And it, he seems awful. <laughs> I like when um, Shannon and Heather were talking and she's like, um, she's like, I've told you things that, you know, you're supposed to keep private. And Heather's like, you tell lots of people, lots of things. Yeah. And then Shannon goes, okay, so now you're saying I'm a loony bin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I can't tell with Shannon. Like she is like, I, I love Shannon. I think she's so, she's been so good on Orange County, but I, I, with with her, I cannot tell if she is fully hamming it up sometimes and yeah. knowing that she has a archetype to continue to be, or if she's actually um, that emphatic yeah. about what's going on. Sometimes in this I episode, do... I felt like she was truly losing it. Really? Okay. Like it felt like unhinged. Okay. Yeah. And, and then that the the what was that tequila fiesta party was unhinged. Oh my God. That yeah. was unhinged. Oh my god, uh, Senor Noodles. Senor Noodles <laughs> was fired up like the grill. He was going, he was going, he was putting oil on the grill, and he goes, "Well, I guess the grill is working." And everybody was like, <laughs> "He picked up steak off the grill and said, the stakes are high." Yes, the stakes are high, and then you heard everybody's polite laughter, like, <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes. You guys stop fighting. It's time for a tequila gun. And then he does a tequila gun and he splashes the oh shit God. out of Taylor. Taylor Terrifying. was soaked. She with... gagged. She goes, I, I honestly thought it was horrible. I was yeah. like, Taylor, that was way I'd too be much. pissed. Me too. Well, and then of course, fucking tequila Tammy gets a hold of the gun and makes a whole fucking scene. Tamra. I knew you were going to hate that so Tamra. much. Tamra. Oh my God. Enough. And then they show a flashback of her Heather Dubrow and we didn't talk about it because it was our off episode, but there has never been a worse, impre worse impression of someone <laughs> I've ever seen than that brief glimpse of Tamra doing Heather Dubrow. Terry, where's the champs? It didn't sound anything like Heather. It wasn't at all. I liked her look, though. I thought she did a good job with her, the, the hair and makeup. Her look was fine, but she's one of the worst <laughs> actors there has ever been, and that was a horrendous impression of yeah. Heather. Can we quickly just say there's a TikTok going around um, saying um, there's a prompt saying 
uh, have you ever, someone's name just doesn't sit right with you or whatever. Oh, oh yes. And the example was that Gina yes. and Emily have the wrong names, which I've been saying the entire time. I literally had to cross out of my notes like three different times because Emily's name clearly should be Gina. Yes. And Gina's name should be Emily. And it's so confusing. It took me a long time as a viewer of watching them over the last couple seasons to finally like get <laughs> that Emily is Emily and Gina is Gina. And I didn't know why that was. Emily looks extremely like a Gina. Yes. Like it's just like you would, I'd bet like a million dollars that her name is Gina. Yeah. So it, I didn't know that that's the phenomenon of why I was having a hard time keeping track of them for a while until like now I know them so clearly. But yeah, that is, I'm so true. glad. I feel like I've talked about it with friends, but seeing it on a TikTok where the yeah. comments are flooded with people agreeing, I feel so validated. Yes. Good. Yeah. That was, that was, <laughs> that was smart. That was like a, a Mandela effect thing yeah. that, that needed to be highlighted. One thing I wanted to ask you about this sort of this, like the chaotic, chaotic editing. So Gina, and Emily and Heather boycott the fiesta party. Yes. And then Emily goes to an innocence project yeah. dinner. And the way they edited it, it looked like it was on the same night because they right. go back and forth at night between two events. But that d means that they wouldn't have gone to the fiesta party anyway, unless they're just showing two different. She nights, said, but... so the innocence project one is in San Diego and, um, there was a blip where um, right before the, after the FaceTime, she goes, the reason I was calling her was to tell her I was going to be late to okay. the dinner. Okay. But so now some... I'm just not going to go at all. But I'm like, she must, depending on the timing, I feel like she would have been pretty late. Yeah, I didn't. Okay, so yeah. Okay, so it makes sense then. She was just, But I thought about it events. too. Going from San Diego to Orange County, like, I feel like she wouldn't have gotten there till like the end. Yeah. I but agree. anyways and then when they go back just one thing i wanted to highlight just because like i'm on a crusade against ryan jen's oh God, uh, boyfriend yeah. now which i i think i am so scared of him and yeah. what he's going to do um oh my God. someone makes a joke about um oh oh there's eddie is asking about talking about shannon and john's marriage he's trying to get a little peace and he goes well it's good to be here to honor your <laughs> relationship and then john's like well we're not perfect or whatever and then eddie goes why you're not fucking somebody else on the side and then ryan gets up like out of a, his seat like a i don't even know what you could compare him to and he goes that's my job like a total cheesy he was literally like off. what you talking about willis yes it was like he has a fucking catchphrase but everyone loved it uh, tamra threw the napkin on him everyone was like ha 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 it's because it's because worst you, dinner ever it's because you <laughs> laugh in the moment like you'd laugh at that grill guy he was basically sitting your noodles at the table <laughs> like it was just i just can't believe ryan has made his shtick now like reinforcing this horrific thing. I like screamed. Thing. I yeah. was like, no, 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 no. And it was like I said it, right? He was like, yeah. It was so over the top. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, if there was a studio, studio audience, they go, that's my job. We should edit it so that it, it cuts to black and it freeze frames on him doing that and then the credits roll. That would be a quick, easy Ooh, edit. Let's TikTok it. Let's TikTok it. Um, um, it. No one will care though because no one cares about Ryan like us. Uh, um, and then I just quickly want to call out that Shannon went real low blow with oh, the uh, oh. DUI and the CPS oh, of it all. Oh, I was like, did. bitch doesn't come to your tequila dinner and you're going to say that her kids were about to get confiscated. Oh, she did it. <laughs> and this is like, that was huge. And, and that is, Shannon does make those, 
you know, horrific remarks sometimes. Like, she can go low. I don't even think she thought she was being, you know, that low. I think she was just saying that. And I liked Jen's reaction. Jen was like, hey, we're at a tequila tasting party with Senor Noodles. You don't talk (laughs) about child protective services. And I thought it was so warranted for the first time in a while for Jen to get that back to Gina. Totally. Because... That's something you do tell. There's a lot of yeah. shit you don't have to tell on somebody else about, like yeah, Tamara does. Because that's but, like defamatory. But yes, totally. I'm I'm glad that Jen sat her down and told. Yeah. Her. Um, also, it made me think about how so Shannon set her up with a lawyer because she like missed her court date or whatever, and when that happens, you get a warrant and yes. whatever. And I'm like, honestly, like any lawyer worth their salt probably could have gotten her out of that. For sure. She just took a number from Shannon and it was resolved quickly, which is nice. But then I was thinking about how Shannon also got um, Brooks, that appointment at Hogue, the like OC cancer center. And I'm like, she just like loves to have that uh, connector. Yeah. uh, Like Jill Zarin style. But then you like hold it over everyone's head that you helped them. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. I mean, it was a legitimate thing that Shannon said in the moment that I thought like, you know, I don't know, like that. I, I mean that it was like it felt organic that she said it, and she wasn't trying to throw Gina under the bus, and she didn't realize how salacious it was. <laughs> yeah, but it is from Jen's point of view. It's like, whoa, what the hell did you just say? Like that was awful. Yeah, it is kind of sad when you watch the flashback. I never really realized how sad Gina's life was oh, at yeah. the time. Yeah, and when you look back, you're like, oh, like. Yeah, her life like was fucked up back then. So I'm like happy for her that like her life is cleaned up. I still just don't find her that entertaining, but same here. I'm happy for her, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Overall, I am happy for her. Um, um and the last thing I'll say is that I was obsessed with Emily and Shannon ordering an entire loaf of bread at lunch. Me too. I love <laughs> that Shannon asked for a recommendation. What's good here that's also healthy? And they go, well, I, the, the person the sold the shit salad. out of it. She goes, a summer salad. I get it every day. It is like the best lunch you can ever have. And Shannon cuts her off and goes, I'll have a cheeseburger. And then Emily goes, I'll have what she's having. Right. And then she goes, we and want they're all like, the, do you have like a loaf of bread? And they're like, we have a fresh sourdough loaf. And they're like, We'll take it. I loved it. And then it sort of, they, they, they rebounded together. They were like, I'm sorry. I was a little outrageous on the phone. I want to try to make this work. And it ended on a sweet note. Yeah. Like this, this episode had a lot going for it. Yeah. Like, it is interesting though that um, Shannon has decided to lay the blame at Heather's feet for I, all of it. Which is awful. I mean, this campaign against Heather is, it's crazy. is completely and unfounded. They're like, she, it's, but it stems back so far because they show that clip that was at Lizzie's beach house where, um, when remember Shannon's like, one day everyone will see the truth. Yeah. And Heather's like, Terry, do we need to call an ambulance? Yes. Which I'm like, that is so they, outrageous oh, yeah. to be like, that's so like, that's like the definition of gaslighting. Totally. Like someone's this, emotional and you're like, per- do we need to call 911? Yeah, this person is like out of their mind. <laughs> it needs to be assisted. Terry's out like, what? Why? Yeah. Yeah. That was, I don't, but this, it makes me laugh. <laughs> it, it, it does to me. And then Heather's really letting them sort of run around on her name without her being there. I mean, she's giving yeah. them fodder because she's not there. She's at her apartment in the sky. She, she's basically just on her own. She wants to be on her own spinoff. And yeah. she wants to just dip in, dip out, not right. really talk to them. I didn't even think about the um, repercussions of her moving to L.A., meaning that she would no longer live in the OC. I know. Like until she said it in her confessional and was like, I'm not leaving Orange County. I was like, oh yeah, like you're a real housewife of Orange County. Like I know. And they don't currently live there 
Um, 55 million. Crazy. 55 million. Can you believe 55 million? 55 million. <laughs> I want to go. How much was the new one? 14. Oh, was it? The that condo, condo I think was 14. Yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah, and I didn't really believe the thing she said about how, like, she can have so much more acting jobs. If she got booked on anything, Orange County to L.A., an hour and 15 minutes, yeah, an hour get 30, a hotel. Or, like, that was, yeah, get a hotel, but, like, Terry cares if you're yeah. in L.A., he'd be or there. Or also, they could afford to have an apartment in L.A. This, yeah, this move is not predicated on also what about terry's practice isn't his like surgery uh, office in newport i call bullshit she got cast in anything she's not going to let her living in a 55 million dollar house in orange county be a disadvantage to her she'd get there every single day at the call time at 6 a.m no matter what it took and i don't think that was limiting her acting career i mean i don't see any problem with them having um, a place in both like the way like Oprah lives in Montecito but I'm pretty sure she has a place in LA because Own is in West Hollywood oh. and it's like yeah you're not going to drive to Montecito every time I worked you know? right next to Own one time oh yeah at the Funny or the, Die offices oh yeah by the Formosa right by right behind the Formosa well, as we've discussed we used to live right there both of us yes yeah and I <laughs> thought well the Funny or Die offices were beautiful I don't know if they're through hard times right now but they were beautiful and then Own was just on the exact same lot yeah actually I'm sorry it was in the same building just on a different floor nice oh my god it was the yeah, best yeah I never went in there but I remember uh Jimmy has done work there and I then, worked with Jimmy on it I was okay. just gonna say what year was that 2000 I mean I'm so bad with time um because like I don't four remember. Four years ago? Okay. Three years ago? A long time ago. We lived here in my current apartment then, but there was a time when Abso, for some show, had a office over there, and he used to just park at my apartment oh, wow. with the parking pass. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, and go to work. And cool. it was like, a, and he would, you know, on lunch breaks, he could like come chill at my apartment. It was great. So you were saying Oprah is has two locations <laughs> to make it. I'm pretty sure, because I think... I watched a show about her building the own network and at first she was just driving from Montecito like every day and Whoa. it's like that sucks. Do you ever watch the own network? Uh I used to watch it more when there was more Oprah related content. Like they had a show about the last season of the Oprah Winfrey show, like a reality show, and it was very interesting. I recommend it to anyone. Um and then there are some like where are they now uh shows where it's like her hosting uh, old clips of the Oprah show and oh, that's cool. following up on guests from b- before. Um, she had Super Soul Sunday, which I like, where it's like her interviewing spiritual uh, thought leaders wow. or authors. Is she religious? Um, more spiritual. Okay. But yeah, I think she's a Bible reader. Um, and so anyways, I watch all the Oprah content on OWN Network, but I don't watch their original series. Okay. I was just thinking while you were saying all this that like I don't follow Oprah very much at all but like i watch those like american experience documentaries where they're like huge biographies of yeah. people they're like two or three parts like oprah's when they get around to that her like pbs american experience that thing is gonna be oh man fucking amazing. her history is insane like the shit that she's been through right. and overcome yeah i know a lot of people i know we're like in a anti-billionaires era which <gasps> sure we are <laughs> uh but i give over an exemption I don't need to think too much about anything bad she's done. Well, I mean, I cover you, my ears. She, 
she has to get an exemption. I mean, she <laughs> did it all. She's done so much good, right? Yes. And she did it all herself. Yeah. She's yeah. not like a Nepo, Nepo baby. baby who got ha- 500 million. <laughs> She's like million. the opposite of a Nepo baby. Yeah. Yeah. I, anyway, I can't wait to watch an American experience or, or a three-part HBO documentary. It does she have Her a memoir? Her memoir is going to slap. She's been keeping journals since like she could write. Whoa. There's a big um, Barbara Streisand, like, thousand-page memoir oh, coming yeah. out soon. Are you going to read that? Do you like Barbara Streisand? Yeah. I'll probably do a listen. I hope she does the audio. Oh, she should. Yeah. I think she'll have to. I think, like, Prince Harry did his. I think if oh, yeah. you are so associated with the material and your celebrity, you have to do your own. The air and the spare. <laughs> I had frostbite on my todger. Did you say todger? <laughs> yeah. I didn't ever... I read... 40% of it because uh, <laughs> Megan wanted to listen to it and I wasn't interested, but I still listened to it because I wanted to read a book at the same time as her, like an audiobook. I never got to the part where he lost his uh, virginity, which oh, was yeah. like, wasn't it behind a bar? Rolling in the hay behind a bar with like a cougar. Yeah, I never got to, he must have saved that for like the end of the book. He was like, she touched me down there. Oh, you do such a good Prince Harry. <laughs> Me and my friends like would not shut the fuck up about that book for like two months. We were just like talking about my Toja for yeah. like a year. <laughs> and you list you listened to it. Yeah, it was good, read by him. Yeah. Uh, oh, you didn't like it? No, it was just funny. Like it. I, you don't like you. You thought it was more ironically fun. Um, there were definitely tongue in cheek moments. I do have sympathy for him, but I think his um perception of what he went through is overblown in you know compared to what most people have been through oh for sure i agree 100 <laughs> percent, and i was only listening sort of ironically as well yeah um i had a lot of thoughts at the time that's a whole other yeah conversation but um well let's okay let's uh, uh, okay um what, what's that called speed round atlanta speed round okay so but first off just generally speedy as hell atlanta is good i think you and i were talking about this were we talking about this on mic today <laughs> or was that before we started talking? Oh, that's a good question. Atlanta is good. It's my philosophy. Yeah. Atlanta is good. It's Even underrated. though the internet seems to be saying, I saw a tweet this week that was saying oh. I they've lost the plot. I, I, I don't understand what's going on. And I was like, I don't think it's, it's that bad. It's, I understand every minute of it, everything that's going on. Wait, did I, was that, was that right before we started talking? Oh my god, I don't remember. But anyway, you guys, the the line between record and not recording is just, very thin. We have no idea what we ha- have said just to each other and what I'm we've gonna, shared. Well, I'm going to walk in the room and just hand you the mic and start yeah. recording on my laptop so that everything we talk about. But anyway, Atlanta is good. It's underrated because Atlanta is so good. But if you want to see a bad season of Bravo and you think Atlanta is bad, go watch Salt Lake City season two and you'll see, I think, one of the worst seasons of Housewives. You know people love that shit, though. Season two of Salt Lake City. I remember at the time, I feel like everyone was like, Salt Lake rocks, baby. Well, there is a huge disparity in what people enjoy from the Bravo universe. And there is a 50% of people want every show to be rebooted and started over. Yeah. If Atlanta gets rebooted, I think it would be the worst decision (laughs) they've ever made in their lives. Yeah. The real way to do this is just to get friends of that actually work like Kenya and Portia. When they came on Atlanta... They fucking killed it. They were so good. They rejuvenated the show and it was organic. They had to like work their way up. Yeah. And then now Kenya is like top three yeah. most powerful p- people ever in the history of Atlanta. Yeah. So For anyway, sure. Atlanta is good. 
you if you're not watching now because you've heard it's bad, just zip through this thing because this Drew and Ralph stuff is yeah. amazing. It's percolating. Ralph is the worst house husband in <laughs> almost in history. The pantheon. No, he's terrible. We need to do a Mount Rushmore of top <laughs> ten worst house husbands in yeah. history. And we should do one of the best. We should do all of these. Like when we need those <laughs> those topic based episodes. Yeah. Ralph is Ralph clinched it. This episode yeah. has so the entire time. So a lot of this episode is uh, they are filming Todd's movie. Yeah. It's called The Pass. Filming it at their own house. And it looks including like a sex scene in him and Candy's bed. And it looks like every single scene <laughs> takes place inside in yeah. this one location. Well, they're filming it in 10 days. And it's a 10 day shoot, which is very, very quick. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you uh, this because there is a you know how they say that a director's films are usually a peek into their <laughs> psycho psychology and you get a especially like Kubrick special <laughs> especially directors first films are usually more autobiographical what the hell is Todd trying to say with this hall pass where Drew is cast as the woman who gets a hall pass and she's right. making love in his actual bed in his house well that's the thing he seems like um he's not even the director but he's acting like he is like he was talking about like shot for shot like blocking and all this and i was like is that even your job well some producers they hire a director who's just hired on to like technical like tom cruise is the author like he he was the director of the mummy that film that like flopped so hard like he had power over every single decision if someone's head was out of frame for one second he would go another take immediately right now even though the director yeah like you said technically knows everything i feel like todd hired someone on but he is 100 percent the author of yeah this he was film. like i want to see the g-string from above yes. and you're gonna pop out like this and i was like dang you're, you're a visionary i was like are you the dp too yes and, and then <laughs> we get a, i love I, I mean i love this behind the scenes look i loved seeing the ad i love they're talking <laughs> about the intimacy coordinator which we never saw yeah i know um drew so Todd is singing Drew's praises. He goes, God damn. He goes, he goes, Drew is acting her ass off in there. He goes, the best decision I made is hiring Drew, which yeah. I, um, you know, I cast a doubt that that was like the proper organic choice and not just because they wanted to get this filmed on the show, you know, and have it be, but I do no, think Drew, she was out. calling upon the Uta Hagen method. She's like legit. Yeah. She was doing so. She really, what's the Uta Hagen method? Uh, so there's, what are the so there's Uta Hagen, there's Lee Strasberg, My, Meisner. Meisner. There's like the main core groups. The, you know the lessons. On the podcast, Jeremy Strong. <gasps> yeah, and he can talk about if this, this movie works dramaturgically. Yes. No. Let's do a hypercut of just the past <laughs> scenes, which would probably only be one hour, and we get his take on how Drew is doing as an actor and what he thinks about the production overall. Yeah. Would you like? I that? would love to see it. And then he would get really excited when Drew said that she was using all five senses. So she said that she, Drew said, because she is so unattracted to a woman and can't find anything of merit in another woman to be attracted to, she says, I have to rely on my five senses. What did that mean? <laughs> I think she really was um, being one with the environment. She was relating to her character who... She, when she was talking to Ralph, she really was getting excited about, she said she loved her character and it seemed like she was doing that thing where you 
um, write backstory for your character so that you have historical knowledge of who that person is yes. and so you can embody them. Right. And it really seemed like she was putting so much work into a movie that does look like a Lifetime movie. Uh, sorry. Yes. No, no, no. I, I mean, <laughs> I hate to disparage Todd and Candy, but I will say there were some professional... There was some. There was a lacking of professionalism on this film. First of all, should have definitely been a closed set yeah. when Drew was having that sex scene. I think the intimacy coordinator, if there was one, which we didn't see, should have requested that because right. yeah, Drew the entire was crew was in there. Drew was perturbed by the amount of crew that was in the room. Yeah, and then also I thought it was brave of drew to she kind of talked shit about the production when she got into her the van uh-huh. she was like after this movie i'm only doing lifetime and above like she was basically <laughs> saying she wouldn't be involved in a production like this right and i i yeah. thought yeah yeah and then when she was sitting down with who was that guy that was sitting and, with her running lines or whatever it, well it, so that was interesting too it said on set assistant and i was okay. like that is not that's not a typical crew job right a i cast, was like what does that mean yeah a talent on set do not all get their own personal assistance at that level no. especially um but then when ralph comes in they're sitting at the booth at the in the trailer and the guy starts to get out and ralph goes are you gonna be able to slide out of there basically calling him fat and i'm like ralph fuck you yeah and then ralph <laughs> does the most stereotypical, awful husband who is seeing their wife in a in a you know film, and talking about how like sexually satisfying it, it or, like getting off. Or he act- made a thespian joke. Yes, thespian lesbian. He goes. He starts to say, "How much kissing was there? What did they got he you do?" He was like being disgusting. And Drew. I think earlier Drew would have tried to make Ralph appear better and try to get him out or toss it off and pretend like this is like friendly and fun or whatever. But she basically shuts down completely and just lets him hang himself with those that those awful things he was yeah, saying. Yeah, you could tell she was disappointed. Yes. And like in her confessional, she was just like, he's not taking this seriously, you know, because it was sweet. She was actually, yes. you know, expressing that she was excited about, she had figured out her character, that she felt like she was doing a good job, that like whatever. And he was like, did she eat you out? Like, I was like, okay. And then he goes, and he keeps, he's smiling from <laughs> ear to ear. And he's like, he's like, did you have an orgasm on camera? It's like, Oh my God, like it, this is a professional environment. She's an actor. That yeah. is like the absolute last thing you would want to talk about after. He made, he cheapened it so totally. much. No, he sucks so bad. Um, and yeah, like you said, like Drew is very endearing in, in, in this environment and out of Ralph's shadow, like I am very sympathetic yeah. to her. Totally. Um, I just wanted to say some a quick shout out. First of all, that Cynthia is in this episode again, so she's very much like friend of this season. Second of all, Sonya's OBGYN is Dr. Jackie from Married to Medicine. Oh, that's amazing. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. I never watched Married I was to like, Medicine. Do you think that was already her doctor or oh. do you think Bravo was like, that's your doctor now? Oh, yeah. Is yeah, that right. a HIPAA violation? <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought that was fun. I thought that she was great on camera, so I did, but I didn't know. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I watched, um, I think, the first season of Married to Medicine and it's a good show. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and then also, just while we're talking shout outs, Apollo 
is at the sipping sea. Yes. Which I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, and, and Apollo first came back. Was it last season that Apollo came back and he was at that big charray? We finally got to see the she by charray fashion line. Right. I feel like Apollo was he there. modeled, right? Yeah. Yeah. But he's not getting in the mix, but it definitely seems like he wants to be yeah, part of it. Totally. Um, so the, the second thing, in addition to the past that is going on, is that charray has one of the best, <laughs> what is that called? Baby, not a baby Sip reveal. A sip the The Speaking of the Roni having a beautiful anniversary oh, yeah. party, this thing... She spent some cash on this. And even Kenya had to acknowledge it. Yeah. It looked awesome in there. And the baby reveal, when she <laughs> actually strode out, I thought that was the best looking like <laughs> carriage with flowers. The roses. It yeah. looked beautiful. Yeah. Mecca looked like... It, that was that was actually an amazing environment for yeah. a sip and see, I thought. Yeah. I kept... Didn't uh, Phaedra have a sip and see? Yes. Yeah. And it was... um. Um, oh, I don't remember. Was it in that like ballroom or whatever? She had multiple events. Um, I remember there was one where she had roses yes. in her hair. Yes. And there were like ballerina dancers. Yeah. Um, well, Sheree wanted the official number one sip and see yes. in all of Housewives history. I liked, you know, I liked her talking to the, what was that? Like the decorator of the party. Uh, yeah. Like he was like, you, she was like, just do whatever you want. And it really showed. Oh, yeah. They uh, hired her decorator had a, a quite a look with yes. his like pompadour pompadour yes um and then uh he was like i've hired the balloon king yeah that was great <laughs> and then sheree extended invites to the um outer atlanta peripheral figures <laughs> hangers on yes and one of them i completely forgot whatever this conflict was but right anthony sheree's <laughs> former assistant had an altercation with Drew at a, a event where he threw <laughs> a shoe at her. Yes. And then she's, when she shows up to the party, she goes, the person that assaulted me is here at this party, so I'm not going to go in. And then I like that Candy just went right up to him and was like... She was like managing this whole scenario. Yes. And he is like up to no good, this guy. He said, he goes, what is that old white ass talking about to, to Drew? He goes, ain't nobody worried about Drew's wide ass. And then Candy's like, well, did you throw a shoe at her? And he goes... uh, <laughs> I threw a shoe because she threw her cheap ass bag at me. Yeah. She owes me a coin and her husband an apology, which is when I knew he couldn't be trusted. Yes. What did um what did Candy say that was very astute about like how much attention someone wants? She's she said um she will take the side of who's not trying to start the bullshit. Yes. And she said, Anthony is clearly trying to start the bullshit. That is like a golden rule. Whoever yeah. tries to make the most out of it and yeah. like does the most with well, it. Well, you know, Candy always says, don't start none, won't be none. Exactly. I, I felt like that was a truism that Candy really highlighted. Yeah. Um, um, also, sorry, I look, missed this in my uh, appearances. Lisa Wu appearance. Yeah, Lisa Wu, very quickly though. Yes. What happened to, <laughs> I don't want to, <laughs> We're about to hit three hours, but why that that OG dinner now makes even less sense. They were invited on the cash right. trip. They don't show up, and now they haven't been to one event since. Except, it's totally flopped. Yes. What what the hell was that? Yeah. Um, and then in addition to Anthony, this person that threw a shoe at Drew, we also see Bob yes. Whitfield. Oh my God, I'm still so scared of him after no. that like terrifying oh. when she um brings up his abuse to her and oh. he makes a joke about it and oh, it's yeah. so fucked up. Oh awful and also okay 
we have to just quickly talk about how on earth did Sheree not know he had a third daughter? I, I he was being very, uh, what's that called? Ambiguous. He was being, he wasn't offering a lot in terms of when he knew, when he found out, how the old they were, how old they were. He, it's, I think she might have been a surprise to him up right. until a certain point. Yeah. So, he, Sheree and and her time never even coincided. She just didn't. He might have been surprised to Bob, and so Sheree didn't know either. Yeah, but, but it's crazy that Sheree learning that information at the party. At the party, it has to still go on after taking the photo where yes. she says, "Candy goes, who is that?" And uh, she's like, "I don't know." And she's like, "Well, she's in your family photo." And she, she was like, "I thought it was like someone who was dating, which is why." I brought martell into the photo too to be petty and then it's like so you have this family photo with this person that you don't know who they are and then afterwards you realize it's your ex-husband's daughter and and then sheree just has to like move on go on she goes into this photo with she goes we all got to get a photo together and then they go what about us just learning that bob has another daughter and she goes well he's been a piece of shit and he's still a piece of shit (laughs) cheese and then she just takes a photo i was like god damn sure she was unbothered yeah it was amazing i mean there were some other like minor moments in this like i felt like that marlo foster thing like i don't want to talk shit about it but it was kenya said she at like she tweeted she was like that was a fully forced event where marlo just wanted a storyline right towards the end because she knew the finale was coming up soon yeah and they like boycotted it so like just courtney uh sonya and shrey yeah shrey came for like five minutes yeah it was kind of i was kind of sad it was sad (laughs) um but overall it was i had just watched the innocence prod project oc episode and so like back to back i was like they're trying to weave in some yeah you know issues to yeah. you know highlight these things but there was um yeah so overall i thought i just i, I atlanta is just very enjoyable yeah almost with anything they're doing because it's the cat like i've said a bunch of times but the cast is just so entertaining that i could really watch them almost do anything yeah it's, it, the only time it's like a flop zone is when it's like friend of is trying to get attention like courtney magneta is not panning out i don't think yeah i liked i did you notice that candy called her mo yeah i like that nickname yeah that was kind of sweet mo one last thing on the innocence project emily when she was taking that person that was wrongly convicted of murdering (laughs) her boyfriend yeah i was like whoa i know she was like they were just shopping at cynthia rowley and she's like all i know is i came home to my boyfriend dead on the floor i was like what yeah and that wasn't really that wasn't really discussed that much i know i was like excuse me we need to get into this more um i also thought it was interesting i wonder if um because the innocence project is like a big deal i think if i'm not mistaken that's what kim kardashian is affiliated with um and that event seemed like a satellite operation like it was like a san diego it seemed like a hometown version like i feel like the innocence project probably has better galas than that wait was was marlo's the innocence project hers was just about foster care okay yeah what was what was the atlanta innocence project uh i just meant that it was like um you know highlighting people that have overcome oh yeah you know what i mean like it was like felt like the show specifically wanted to um yeah. pull at the heartstrings marlo as much as i love her <laughs> and i think she's so funny and great i do think she struggled with what she tried to present this season on atlanta yeah like it was throwing a lot of stuff at the wall to see what sticks and it felt uneven 
And yeah. she really, really flopped with going after Candy. Yeah. Because she lost a huge ally there. Totally. So anyway, <laughs> but yeah. these, these uh, well, I liked all of these episodes. I thought they were the best version of what they could be within these. Currently. Currently. Yeah. In this current era, they were all the best they could be. And I was stoked. So watch Atlanta. If you're listening, if you already made it this far and you <laughs> ha- don't watch Atlanta, but you liked us talking about it, Atlanta was very good. Yeah. OC was fun, characteristically fun. Yeah. And then Roni was a rare good one. Totally. Uh, and then what that Roni mid-season trailer shows they're going on a cast trip, I yeah. believe. Yeah. I think um, they're going on a cast trip. Um, I still didn't see much where I'm like fully convinced this is going to get a lot better no but i am interested to see like uba doesn't seem like she would have a fight with anyone so i'm interested to see what makes uba so yeah. pissed yeah and she calls uh she s- accuses someone of being on control cruise yeah instead of cruise con- oh my god you're about to say it right <laughs> i was like Cru- control sure, cruise sure sure yeah. well good um, well we're we you and i are just like trying to get to three hour mark but we'll never make it um yeah i thought this was a good we did good today, right? I think so. I don't want to toot our own horns, but <laughs> if you yes. if you like this episode, you know, let us know because Amy and I are always thinking about it. If you still like us, if there's yes. still love, um, comment, and, like, subscribe. <laughs> yeah, do everything that someone who loves someone would do at the end of a podcast for us. If you don't Rate, mind, review. And then if we always say this, but if you listen to us but you don't subscribe to our Patreon. We are in the golden era, the start of the golden era of Vanderpump Rules, and we're recapping oh, yes. it. And we are one episode away from the episode that is titled Bitch Slap. Oh, yes. And if you are a Vanderpump Rules watcher, you know what that means. Season two. Oh, so yeah. anyway, well, we love you so much. I mean, really, does anyone love our little <laughs> turtle cuties more than us? No way. <laughs> it can't happen. <laughs> and then Amy and I are going to get ready for that huge Harry Potter party at Christmas time. So... All right, right. we love you. Go to sleep. (laughs) Bye. This one's for you tonight. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.